Thank you everyone for joining me here on the High Ground Podcast. I am super excited because I don't get to talk about our, our queen of Naboo, Padme, very often. And um, after hearing that everyone has has you know dove in and read um, Red Queen Shadow, uh, I just I just had to use any excuse to talk about it because uh, I love her so much. But yeah, I want to start by going around, have you guys kind of introduce yourself. So who are you? How did you get started with Star Wars? And um, kind of your overall on Padme. And I'll start with uh, Megan. So hi, I'm Megan. Um, I'm Jay Stoops on TikTok, where I just talk about nerdy stuff mostly. Um, I talked about this like a couple weeks ago on your podcast, uh, but I basically, my dad was like one of the original Star Wars fans. Uh, and so I've, I've, he got me into it ever since I was like a wee little lass. So. <laughs> awesome. And, <it's> <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, what are your overall thoughts on Padme? Um, okay, I'll say this. Uh, they've evolved a lot over the past few months. Um, so I originally, as, as being like an original trilogy fan, um, that I was very, very strong, even as a small child, um, I wasn't a big fan of the prequels. Um, so it took me a long time to come around. I did a big rewatch a few months ago where I just went through all of the prequels. Um, and it kind of just like, it was nice to take an extended break from them. Because especially um, being a Leia fan at first, it, it was weird for me to come in and Padme's just so different. Um, but yeah, I, the more I've gotten into and also exploring the um, expanded universe. Um, yeah, I've just, I feel like I, I understand her better now and I really admire her. Um, but she's definitely like more hopeful and idealistic than I am. So I think that that was like where, where we, we drew apart at first. But no, I, I think overall <laughs> she's such an inspiration. Awesome, I love it. And uh, Marilu, same to you. Hi guys, I'm Mary Lou. I'm Miss Eggy on TikTok. Uh, primarily just do Star Wars content with a little bit of different stuff here and there. Um, I've been a Star Wars fan my whole life. I love Star Wars so much and I love Padme. I grew growing up, I loved Leia a lot, but I remember seeing um, the Phantom Menace in theaters when I was uh, nine and I just, there was something about this girl that I just really connected to. Um, I love her and I love all of, I, and I love that I, I was always frustrated with, not with her, but with the creative process around her. Cause I was like, oh, I want, there's, there's so much more here. Like I, mm -hmm. I want to know more about this, you know, this woman. And I've been very pleased with, I, uh, this was such a wonderful turn of fate. Cause I, I read Queen Shadow I read the Revenge of the Sith novelization and I just finished Queen's Peril. So I'm like fully Padme ready. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited to talk about her. Awesome. And uh, I mean, the, the thing that turned me on to, to Mary Lou's content in the first place was uh, <laughs> her, her drunken rants about... Uh... <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Best, I wanted... um, but I understand why I mean... you can't do them anymore. No, I, I want to do them, but I after my last one, I needed a long break. I've been coming up with some ideas, so they're, they're coming back, I promise. Okay, yeah. awesome. But yeah, those are amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, and then Allie? Hello, uh, I'm Allie. I'm Elena Dottano on TikTok. Um, I got into Star Wars when I was pretty young. Uh, my parents showed me the originals first, and then the first two prequels, and then I watched The Clone Wars for its whole run. And I was fairly indifferent about Padme for most of my childhood. She wasn't Leia. 
and I didn't like that, but I was also very young. Um, and then as I was rewatching the movies and when I finally watched Revenge of the Sith, because, you know, it was PG-13, I wasn't allowed to watch it because I was too young. Um, <laughs> when I finally watched it, I like started to realize I liked the prequels more and um, prequels are still my favorite era. And that is very much in part to the politics. Um, I just prefer like the Republic politics more than the New Republic generally. And part of that is from the Padme novels. Um, I read them like right after I finished the Ahsoka novel because I was trying to consume as much Star Wars content as I could. And uh, they made me love her so, so much more. And she is honestly my favorite non-Force sensitive character in all of Star Wars. Nice. She and Sabe both. I love Sabe. I will talk about her as much as I possibly can to anyone who <laughs> will listen. So I'm very excited. <laughs> Sabe is is dope, uh, and then like so I I, I was turned on to to Ali's content because she made a post about finding out what are everyone else is reading. I'm like oh someone else reads stuff like all right uh, you're you're my friend now you've been adapted. Um, I would like to point out that I just finally finished Dark Disciple because I was behind and you emotionally destroyed me with that. So I'm upset with you a little. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it it happens. It happens. Um, <laughs> and uh, Alex? Hi, I'm Alex. I'm SoCal Costumes on Instagram and TikTok. I don't know why I keep thinking that I changed my username. I never do. Uh, <laughs> every time. Uh, and I was first introduced to Star Wars when I was five, and uh, I didn't actually get a full watch through until I was seven, right? Yeah, because it was right before Revenge of the Sith, seven or eight. And um, so I thought, like, Empire Strikes Back was the only movie, which um, you can probably <laughs> understand why that's so upsetting. Uh <laughs> And I was very confused. And then uh, my family did the whole like, okay, you're seven years old and there's a Star Wars movie coming out. So you got to watch all of them and uh, watched all of them. And I was hooked. Awesome. I love it. And then, uh, yeah, your overall thoughts on Padme? Um, much like Allie, I, I loved Leia so much that Padme kind of seemed secondary. And I, this is gonna, this is going to be a hot take. Sorry. <laughs> I did feel like as a child at least that she was a character only because she was connected to Anakin and it took me until mm -hmm. I was an adult to figure out that that wasn't the case so it, it I think that's what bothered me was that Leia was not connected to Han the same way that Padme was connected to Anakin and uh, I was so used to the way that Leia was that I couldn't appreciate Padme until I was an adult and also the Clone Wars cartoon really really helped with that yeah um and so now, especially with the books, bringing up old feelings, I love her more now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and I've 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 always loved um, Padme, but you know I'm, I'm one of those readers that's always been into the books and comics and all the side stuff. Um, to be fair, in the movies, she wasn't a full character. Um, I, I I don't know. I go back and forth on it. Um, I think she was she was a full character in the first two and then fell off a cliff in the third one, uh, which is unfortunate, especially if you read the Matthew Stover Revenge of the Sith novelization, which I tell everyone to read because it's incredible. Uh, she's doing some back stuff and she's like helping to start the Rebel Alliance and all this stuff. And it's, it's actually some some really cool things there. Um, also, this is 
totally random, but Megan, you shared with me that you just read um, Master and Apprentice. And yes. uh, am I crazy? Oh, or is Pax and Rahara just like amazing? Like... So incredible. The, I kept thinking that I was just going to be like sucked into the Anakin, to the Obi-Wan and, um, and you and, and Qui-Gon. Yeah. yeah. Um, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan. But I, I was completely distracted the entire time with these side characters. And then like the story with the queen, I was just like, I was I was blown away by that. And it was everything that I wanted from like more Qui-Gon Obi-Wan stuff. Yeah, that's Claudia Gray. Everything touch she touches is absolute gold. Love her. Love her. A goddess. <laughs> but also let, let's let's jump in. So we um I kind of wanted to first start with our overall thoughts on her the difference between how she's characterized um, from the films to the Clone Wars show um, to the books and kind of get an idea of, you know, how those are all different. Um, and for this one, I will start with, uh, with Allie. Okay. <laughs> um, like I said, I didn't really like her when I first watched the prequels. Um, I, I felt very similar to Alex. She was kind of, she felt kind of secondary um, since so much of it was intertwined with Anakin. Um, so she was still like, a, I loved seeing her as a queen being so young. Um, and, but it, to me, it didn't really make sense in my brain. I was like, oh, how'd she go from queen to senator? That just didn't compute until I read the books. But even in the Clone Wars, seeing her as the senator in that position of power, I absolutely loved her. And especially in season six with the whole Clovis thing, seeing how she was starting to distance herself from Anakin and kind of develop more into the character I wanted her to be was absolutely fantastic. Like I loved seeing that as heartbreaking as it was and as bad as Anakin was when he did that, seeing her like put that distance between them meant so much to me because I was like, yes, this is, this is who I've always wanted. I wanted her to really be her own person. And that's exactly what I got in the books. Seeing her like completely detached from Anakin, barely even thinking about him. Obviously she's thinking about his mom and trying to do everything she can, but not having him there as a constant presence, seeing her like grow and adjust to everyone thinking, oh, she's just the little kid queen. She doesn't know what she's talking about and proving them completely wrong the growth is just amazing, and I love her so much, so 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 much. Yeah, like it, it, it changes. Like, it's not that it changes, but going from like the movies to Clone Wars to the books is like these different layers of the same character, and you're like, okay, I can clearly see how these are all one person. Um, but but yeah, uh, Alex, your thoughts on on the depth change? <laughs> I muted myself. There we go. Um, I think something that Padme really needed was the internal monologue. And that's why the books help so much is I think in the movies, you do see her kind of just sitting there and thinking, and obviously in the movie, it's very difficult to do an internal monologue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when you do get the internal monologues, even in Revenge of the Sith, in the novelization of it, then all of a sudden, you see all these things that she's already put into place that you then see later. And it's like, oh, okay. So that was Padme this entire time. Um, And I think that was part of 
why I didn't understand her as a child is when you see an action film, you're not really thinking about what, you know, you're thinking about what the character is, like, what is the character thinking, but you're not thinking about how much the character is thinking. So when you have a more quiet or reserved character like Padme sometimes can be, um, it, it gets mistaken as a half character sometimes or a character that's not doing much. But um, I mean, she is in politics, so she's doing a lot more than I think everybody <laughs> thinks. Um, yeah, I think I think the biggest difference for her that helped was the inner monologue stuff. Yeah, yeah especially like when you find out the reason behind the big dress and, and all the stuff, like it's it's really cool. And uh, Megan, your thoughts? Um, so yeah, I feel really bad for film Padme. Um, I, as I, as I was rewatching the prequels, you know, I didn't come at it as harshly as I, as I had in the past. Um, and I, at the time I watched them, I still hadn't seen any of the other media. Um, but mainly I just, you know, I, I talk a lot on my channel about representations of women in media and like the causes for where the failures come from. And it just seemed clear to me that with Padme, they're just, they're, there clearly were not enough women involved in the creation of the character or the writing of the character. Um, I know a lot of people talk about George Lucas like divorcing from his wife in between um, the original trilogy and the prequels and like the hand that she played. Um, I also think that Carrie Fisher like just fully helped so much uh, in, in yeah. fleshing out Leia. Um, but yeah, it, I, I, I just, I felt, yeah, I felt bad because you see her doing all of these incredible feats, like when she's in the arena, like you're like, oh my God, these people are, you know, two Jedi, sure they're fine, but like, this is like some little teenage queen. And then she like fully holds her own and like she does all of these amazing things, um, both like physical feats. And then also she's just like incredibly poised and charismatic in the Senate. Um, but then I don't know, she's just, she tends to be like a punchline a lot of the time. And the, the line, hold me like you did in Naboo will haunt my dreams for the rest of my life. Like it's just, I, I, I really, I, I cannot with that line. But then she also has one of my favorite lines in the entire franchise, which is, so this is how Liberty dies with thunderous applause. Um, so yeah, I think that in, in the film, she got done dirty and I feel really bad for her. Um, but I, I'm so grateful for the other media. Like when I watch, I've been, I'm only on in season three of the Clone Wars, but I've already, I just actually today watched the um, episodes 10 and 11 when she uh, visits the outer worlds that are part of the separatist uh, group. And then she has mm -hmm. to come back to the Senate. Um, and, I mean, her characterization in the Clone Wars is fantastic. I still, my, my, one of my biggest things with Padme is I just, I still never understand the Padme Anakin thing. So that's like, that's been a hard block for me for a long time. Um, but putting that aside, I do, I love Padme. And then reading the books, Queen Shadow, I mean, it literally just like shook me. I, I was completely overwhelmed. Um, the aspect of her handmaidens and how loyal and motivated they were to protect her and serve her because they just fell in line with her vision. Um, and then, yeah, the, the internal monologue, that's absolutely spot on because she does have to play politics and it's, it's hard to emote what you're feeling. But then also she's a teenage girl when all this happens. So it puts like the awkwardness and her inability to kind of relate to people into such clear perspective when you realize, oh, this is like a teenage girl who grew up putting on a false persona. And then all of a sudden the, the perspective of the book saying she has to shift from being queen to Senator 
it, it just added a level of complexity to her character that was not only endearing, but like, it just made me respect her so much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she was juggling a ton all of the time and doing so very well without making it look like she's doing anything, which is like yeah. really cool. Um, and Marilu? Um, this so like about her, like her, like her growth, how she's changed over time. That's like where we're starting. Uh, yeah, I mean, how the characterization differs from like okay. films to the shows to to the books. Okay. Um. So what's funny about Padme is that out of every single Star Wars character, I I would say every single Star Wars character, when you ask someone how the, a Star Wars fan how they feel about Padme, you could get any any uh, any answer. Like the, it is so all over the place. Like whereas I think with most characters you know you can if especially female characters like with leia i feel like pretty much everyone loves leia or at least respects the character of leia and even ray who there's a lot of discourse around her i feel like the Don't discourse is <laughs> i know yeah knock on wood someone's gonna jump in the chat and hijack everything and yell about ray for 40 minutes um uh but I find that even the discourse around Ray is predictable. Like you can kind of like, if, if like someone's like, well, I'm like, all right, you're gonna say one of three things and two, one is legitimate and the other two are get out of my house. Um, <laughs> but with Padme, I mean, I've heard people have opinions on Padme that are, are, are all over the map. And it greatly depends generally on how much content they've consumed about Padme. Um, if all you've seen is, you know, the movies, generally the opinion, I mean, even then it's kind of all over the map. I once, this is real. This is like real life. A person who, like a living, breathing person who like operates doorknobs and mailboxes once said to me that they were like, well, you know, it's Padme's fault. And I'm like, what is? And they're like, well, Anakin's fall of the dark side. And I was like, get out of my house. Get out of my house. <laughs> I was like, get out of my house. I, I think I may be the, uh, my viewpoints on Annie Dalla are probably the most charitable out of, I think out of everyone here. I have talked about Andy Della before on the podcast. And it's like my general kind of, my general sort of stance on it is, is it's a tough line to walk. George wanted us to know that this relationship was doomed, but he also wanted us to like root for these crazy kids. And it's like, what, like that's a really hard line to walk. I don't envy that task. I think I, I generally, I enjoy Annie Dalla in the manner in which like, oh man, what could have been if, you know, Anakin wasn't a part of a crazy cult that told him possession and love were the same thing. <laughs> and if they weren't married during wartime and they actually spent time together, like the, I think under different circumstances, their relationship could have been very healthy and happy, but um, it just wasn't in the cards and Anakin is crazy and all that ended as soon as he you know metaphorically put his hands on her and then I was like okay all right we're done now with this like thank you um but it's it, I think that her development over time has been directly connected to the fact that there are <laughs> women in the room now <laughs> there are creative people in the room who are women who are like this is how a teenage girl talks this is how a teenage girl would act this is how a young woman would act this is how a politician would act who's you know, who's just getting started, who's also a woman and has this history. I think that just lending more creative feminine voices to the way her character is handled and written, sh shockingly, who would have guessed that it uh, 
adds so much. And, and I think that it's for the best because I love her character. I love her character all around, but I especially love how developed she's become. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same. I mean, same here. Um, I just, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like you, you say the, their relationship was the Clone Wars. Um, they, they got married to start it and mm-hmm. they ended it <laughs> not well. <Yep. laughs> not well. <laughs> uh, and, and so it's just like, uh, it's something where it was obviously doomed from the start. It's one of those things where it probably wouldn't happen that way in real life in the situation. Oh, yeah. But oh, it, no. yeah. <laughs> it needed to, to create the characters that we would eventually get to. Um, but I do agree with you with, with not having uh, uh, probably enough women in the room, um, which, you know, last time I had you on, I pointed out to this this outfit being the only one that George <laughs> Lucas, George Lucas actually designed that himself. All the other outfits <gasps> no! that she's in is designed by, by a woman. Um, so it's- That makes so much sense. I've always hated that outfit so much and the context Me too. put in. Like it makes no like, yeah. That makes. Here's you, the thing though, it when it like has the feather shawl. Yes. <laughs> I agree. When it has the feather shawl, it's really pretty. But as soon as she takes the feather shawl off, it's like, come on. <laughs> that whole like fireside. We're not yeah. Sleep together. But I am wearing this next to a fire. <laughs> 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 I'm just like, what? <laughs> There's, a, I mean, I don't think George had anything to do with this because I think his hands were off of it at this point. But um, the dress that she wears to the dinner with Clovis falls into the same category for me. Like, who oh, packed I do that? that. <laughs> who packed that? Also, from like a customer point of view, there's no way to make that. Like, it doesn't happen. <laughs> so, um, that yeah. That haunts me. I'm like, how does it stay up? How? <laughs> how does it stay up? The force. <laughs> she is so strong-willed that <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no but this is exactly why i wanted to have like you guys on here there's just a lot of stuff that i i miss but even like just little simple things like when you read queen shadow um in the beginning they it starts out with them like on the lake you know um and she has the lake dress which is uh backless so she steps into it from the back to put it like they're just talking about it there's like little stuff that like oh that makes sense like i've never even considered how this works you know what i mean like it's it's all pretty elaborate um but yeah speaking of which i want to jump into that book because that is where we get uh we get the depth we get we get the nuggets uh we get the the goodies um and i'm, I'm curious on how you guys feel about i want to just start with the first half of it right it's from the opening of the book um until she calls sabe back who is doing her mission on tattooing this one i'll start with marilou okay great so queen's shadow oh man the first half it's it's just it's so good to like to hear her (laughs) you know it's it's so nice to hear her and i i do i like queen's shadow a lot um, I, but I think I like Queen's Peril more, um, but that's not to say, I mean, like I have my critiques of Queen's Shadow, 
my my only I mean no my critique I guess my only real critique of Queen's Shadow is that I kind of kept on waiting for the plot to happen (laughs) like I was sort of like so like when's the like when's like the plot gonna happen like what's going like and it I got to the last part of the book and I realized like oh okay this is just about Padme establishing herself in the Senate making these connections um connecting with Bail Organa and Mon Mothma and what the the seeds of what would become uh the rebellion and I was like okay that's totally fine um her character is so strong in this in this book and I think one of my favorite aspects is is how how you know the the news treats her when she arrives you know is this just kind of this frivolous little girl and what she's wearing and 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 what how her hair is and it's like it's not concerned with her um with her political stance with with what policies and what legislature she wants to push it never asks that it's just like what was she wearing and oh look how stupid she is she got lost and and I think that like I, I remember because I read and I listen to the audiobook so like I, I would read it for a bit and then I'll listen to the audiobook and I was like I remember I was cleaning or something and as soon as I heard that first broadcast I was like oh I see what you're doing EK Johnson I see this and it was just really cool about how we perceive women in in public um women who are especially young women, I mean, you know, older women and young women, I mean, older women have their own set of biases and struggles, but with young women, it, it always comes back to how they, how they look and, you know, and, and what, and what they messed up, you know? And uh, I thought that was very clever and a really good, strong kind of narrative outline throughout the book. So really strong stuff there for the first half. Yeah. And again, it's just, it's stuff that I've never even thought about. And so it's, it, it's it's so hard, but once it's mentioned in the book, you you can't unsee it, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, that's how they pulled all this stuff oh, off. Oh. Is they realize what you're gonna be looking at, and so they just like they they just roll with it, you know. Um, Ali, your thoughts on it? Um, my favorite part of the first half was kind of seeing how she came to terms with the fact that she either had the choice to live her life or continue to serve and like seeing like i it always i always knew that she was a really young queen but seeing her be like okay i'm only 18 and i'm about to go give up another huge chunk of my life to service when i haven't gotten to see any of my friends i can i've contained my name like nobody knows who i am really and seeing her have to come to terms with that um, was really, really interesting to me, but also just the way that they introduced all of the handmaidens to me was absolutely beautiful. I love them all and seeing like just getting the little nuggets, especially getting those like the full backstories later in Queen's Peril, like just the little tiny nuggets about them. Like you don't know exactly what Erte is good at, but you know that she's really smart. You don't know exactly what Sabe's whole role was until you kind of develop it later in the book like you knew she was a decoy but why and it just to me the way that everyone was developed from the get-go just completely revolutionized all of it to me because I was like oh it's just a bunch of girls who hover around her but seeing that all of them had the specific roles even if we weren't going into them fully that was probably my favorite part 
And then also, of course, the way that she was covered in the news and how everyone just thought she was a bumbling idiot because she was so young. Like, no, she's a genius. Stop being mean to her. <laughs> like, people are trying to kill her. Don't put the blame on her. <laughs> so, um, yes, I, I love it. I love I love this book. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and that's like I had to have you on because last time we spoke, you were like, I literally have it right here. And you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's still sitting there. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I had to. Um, we are brave, Your Highness. Uh, Alex, uh, your thoughts on it? Um, okay, first half of the book. We're going up to Sabe, yeah. Sabe coming back. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I remember. I think I saw a live stream with with um, E. K. Johnson. She said that one of the things that she kind of struggled with taking on the project was the handmaidens and how, you know, they kind of are just a pot of women hovering around her. And apparently some, one of them is a decoy who knows which one. And, you know, it, it's, it's a weird thing to be like, here's a main character. And then all these other characters that, that we've given names, but like nothing else. And she decided to give them all very unique roles. And they are, each one is completely different. And I have always been, as a woman, way more likely to be friends with guys than girls. It's just, I, and it's not that I don't get along with women. It's just like, I, it's just easier for me. So seeing a group of women who, granted, it's their job at first, become <laughs> like the closest of friends and they're just completely there for each other. And they understand, yes, it's a job, but also we're all close. They don't get along all the time. They go over that. Um, but the fact that they're all so loyal to Padme and they understand that they're, you know, their one job is to make sure she gets through her term and gets through unscathed. It's so beautiful. And, and like, even though we're talking about Star Wars and it's literally sci-fi, it's still so realistic to how women would act around each other. Um, I just, I really appreciated how that, how that was put in the book. Um, and then also, I really enjoyed Palpatine in the first half of this book because- He's I, so warm and like kind. Hi. <laughs> Supportive. He's that person that pops into your DMs like, hi how are you so um i need this thing done yeah i'm glad you're okay um so i need this thing done hi oh, thanks sweetie like he's totally that dude um and i mean looking back now i'm wondering if she was never part of the plan like if if padme coming in and kind of like if she messed something up like it it kind of seems that way to me now looking back and I'm really curious if they go further with that later to be like, yeah, Padme wasn't part of the plan. She kind of screwed some stuff up for Palpatine, made things more difficult. But yeah, I, I the first half of the book, it, it, it I enjoy the handmaidens immensely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm one of the few people I know that really likes Palpatine because yes, well, on the surface, he's like just just evil, big, bad. Um, when you watch the Clone Wars and stuff, all of his plans are constantly falling apart and they're being held together with like tape and glue and like <laughs> they're about to figure it out. So he, he like calls Padme like, 
just fly out to this location for no apparent reason. And then now it's a kidnapping plot. Like he's me. <laughs> People look at like he oh he he was this master planner and had everything. No, no, it was it was this close all of the time. And that's just hilarious to me, you know. Um, but yeah, uh Megan, your your thoughts on it? Um, so I mean it's a lot of stuff has been touched on. I this book seriously it was like a breath of fresh air um in the sci-fi genre because like it literally the first half of the book is super meandering and um I wish that I could say like Mary Lou that I was waiting for the plot to show up but I was so distracted being like just falling in love with Padme that I did I got to the end of the book and I was like what what <laughs> happened like you said this outline and I was like favorite parts of the book what 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 happened like um but yeah no I just I really I really loved it and like seeing the handmaidens work together and how much um confidence and respect and love they had for each other that is something that you just like never see in sci-fi like most sci-fi fails the Bechdel test like tenfold you know so the idea of having this group of girls um that are not and they are teenagers but they're not sitting there like gossiping about senators they're trying to figure out how they can, you know, orchestrate entire plans, considering that nobody actually respects Padme. Um, and in terms of her entry into the Senate, um, it was really interesting to see the way that people talked about her. I, I really came out of this book, like comparing her to like real life women, like Greta Thunberg, Malala, AOC, because it's so easy for the opposition to just say, is, she's just a silly little girl. Uh, when they, in real life, when they try to oppose these people, these women, these girls that are, you know, fighting for what they believe is right. Um, and it, it really contextualized, uh, you know, Padme's character and her struggle for me, uh, seeing that level of depth. I also, I really, I really love the amount of fan service in this book. I mean, I feel like you have to expect it from like a Star Wars book, but especially in the beginning when they're by the lake and like the little details of like the election and all everything you learn about Padme's wardrobe like you mentioned um and like the safety protocols like creating the character of Amidala just the entire thing and I think that that's one of the reasons why we as the audience don't connect very well to Padme especially in the beginning based on the films because now we can look back and say well they were they were just doing their job extremely well she was just playing this cold calculating politician role and the handmaids were assisting her really well um but yeah I, it was it was so good all around I also really really loved Sabe and Naboo I do think that Sabe is a super fantastic um character and I think that as a foil to Padme she's really interesting because as passionate as and empathetic as Padme is like sacrifice is a big part of Padme's character too like she, she sacrifices her own personal happiness she understands that like She's kind of, she reminds me kind of like, you know, Spock or a Vulcan in the way of like the good of the many is better, you know, is, you know, the good of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Yeah. Um, so like, she's not, she's, she's always wanting to help as many people as she can, but she also has a very broad spectrum, like view of helping the galaxy. She wants to say, to do as, as much as she can for as many people as she can. Whereas it seemed like Sabe is intensely connected to like every mission that she goes on. She gets very attached to Padme, she got very attached to the idea of saving the enslaved people on Naboo. Whereas it, it's even when she, you know, called Padme and she was like, I, I couldn't get me. Padme is kind of like, I'm glad you were able to save some people. Like it's, I, that's unfortunate. Um, 
and she, you know, she chose being a senator instead of going to uh, Tatooine anyways. So it's, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm rambling, but um, Sabe and Padme together were just like incredible because the way that their characters play off of each other is just really, really cool in, in the different ways that you can express femininity, particularly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I, There's a, a couple moments that just jump out to me. One of them is when um when the offer for Padme to become a senator happens um there's two two things one she wants to talk to Sabe about it but can't see Sabe's face uh and there's the other handmaiden on the other side who can see Sabe's face and she's the only one who she can visibly look at in this frame so she looks at her and knows that you know she knows that she needs to reflect what Sabe's reflect like I don't know that part was just really cool to me like just this um but they're they're just this unit and then the other thing is when you know Padme accepts this and is not going to be able to go to Tatooine to try and free these slaves she feels like she broke a promise that she never made like I don't just the way I believe that's how they said it but the way it was worded was just like really powerful for um Padme's driving good where she's going to use her personal wealth to try and free as many of these people as she can um and it's I don't know like just the like the characterizations of of all these people are very unique very different um and the way they come together is just is just fascinating to me um but uh but yeah okay so moving on um Oh, also, there's something I can't remember. So my memory is a little bit hazy on this, and I can't remember if it's in this one or in Queen's Peril or if it's um, in the first half or the second half. But when they do the switch, and isn't it Bale they try to pull it off on, and he notices? Is that the first half or the second half? I think that's the first half. It's the first half, Okay. Um, that part I laughed. I just laughed hysterically out loud. Where like <laughs> they try this elaborate thing, and he sees her and like smiles and like oh, it just it just makes me laugh that he he caught them doing the switch so they can. Um, it just lets lets you know that even though they have this thing down, it's not a perfect science, and they're still they're still taking chances. There's still a lot of risks involved with everything that they're doing, um, and it's uh, I don't know. I just it just warms my heart. It's like when you eat soup on a cold day and it just gives you that warm, you get that warm belly. That's that's what <laughs> reading this book did for me. Uh, anyways, now that I'll stop being weird. Um, the second <laughs> half, <laughs> second half, uh, you know, when, when Sabe comes back uh, and is hanging out at Dex Diner um, of all places, uh, which I love. That's, that's good fan service for me. But from there through the end of the book, um, I'm curious what jumps out at you guys. And this one, I will start with Alex. Um, okay, so Sabe coming back to me. So I, <laughs> I, I understood the idea of when does the plot start? Uh, when we got to the part where Padme is, um, is going on her kind of what I like to call her little spy mission and realizes that, oh no, I went a little too far with this um, in case people are still reading i don't want to like say everything that happens but i i know everyone I here has finished it. queen's shadow okay okay then 
Okay, I'm getting. See, I'm doing the same thing. I'm getting Queen's Pearl and Queen's Shadow a little messed up in my brain. Um, it's a prequel. Well, one of the, uh, right, and and I think that's why my brain keeps trying to switch it. Is is like, well, she has to become queen first, and then she has to become senator later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it just her her oops, I took this too far. Moment is. I, I just have this moment so many times a week. Um, <laughs> and it was so relatable how she comes to terms with it in her head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just, it just, it was clear that it was written by a woman who completely understands how women think. And now we're like, oh, oh, ah, okay. Uh, I'll fix this. I got this. Don't worry, guys. Like, it just, it was the perfect freak out moment where she didn't let herself completely fall apart, but she had this like, Oh, stupid moment. And, uh, I, I really appreciated that. And then the end of the book is completely heart wrenching. Um, I did not expect to sob in the car on the way home that night. So that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and also I, I want to, I put on the notes. I want to talk about the epilogue separately because Oh, just, Oh, yeah. but yes, yes. yes. <laughs> And uh, Megan? Um, honestly, I the second half of the book, I think what I liked the most was her interactions with Clovis. other characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> Sorry. I had so being being an original trilogy girl, um, like I, I love I love the interactions with Bail Organa. I love seeing their bond solidified. I love like knowing what that means for like Leia down the line. I think that um, it, it, it allowed me to emotionally connect with Padme more. And then of course the scene where she goes um, to Alderaan to, to meet with Bail Organa's family. Um, it again, it was just, it, it heightened like the idea that being queen, you know, being a sovereign um, is a burden in so many ways and the differences of, you know, I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine serving on a, you know, galactic Senate where you've got, you're running an entire planet and then you've got all these other people with individual planets and just the, the weight and responsibility that that bears. Um, plus, you know, Padme was so young and meeting Bail Organa's family that's a little bit older. I think it put like perspective onto her as well. She talks about like not knowing what she wants in the future um, and being like unsure whether she wants a family. And then when she goes back to Naboo and her sister um, Sola, who I'm very familiar with, um, (laughs) uh, has babies. And she's like thinking about that, which is really interesting because you don't think of someone that career driven, um, and especially from such a young age. And the amount of sacrifice that Padme does have in her life, um, thinking about doing something that's that's so all encompassing as having kids. But it's clearly, you know, it sets up a lot of stuff for Padme down the line. And I think a lot of women feel that way when they're young is, you know, not, not knowing what they want. There's a lot of pressure to do certain things. Um, but she, you know, she, she doesn't necessarily want to decide yet. And I mean, that it, it, it only makes it more tragic the way that her life ended up, ended up going, uh, because she had all of these ideas of like the different kinds of things that she wanted to do. And I really, I, I honestly, I fully, I fully like was not at no point during the book was I like, I need this to pick up. Cause I was just like, give me more of like, just pensive, pensive Padme. That was all I needed from the book. And I really, I loved it. <laughs> Sorry, you just saying that's like, uh, who's who's cutting onions in here? Like, you know, <laughs> uh, she, she was so close to that, you know? But, um, yeah. all right, anyway. <laughs> uh, Marilee, your thoughts on it? 
Uh, so second half of the book, one thing I really want to talk about a bit more is Sabe and how, like, like look, all right, <laughs> as as a queer woman, I was like, what, what, what? Yes, yes. I was like, wait, she really do dead ladies? Like, heck yeah. I think um, as I spit, I got excited. I think that. Um, I, I think her, you would categorize her as pan because she is, seems to be interested in many different types of, um, of like species. And like, I don't think that there's a cap on her gender preference, but as, as a woman who loves men and women, I was just like, oh my God. And, and her relationship with Padme, like she, and, and I love that they never explicitly say it. She, but she's like, but she's love. She loves Padme. She's in love with Padme, but she's like, no, we have enough, but we have an understanding. And the thing about it too, is that the book, both Shadow and Peril never really specify like how Padme feels like it, but in a good way, like it's kind of vague, like Sabe talks about the relationship and she's like, you know, I would do anything for her. I, I would never leave her side, but we have an understanding. And I was like, what, 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 what? I was like, this is awesome. I love this. Um, also, when she <laughs> is like, Padme looks at her, I think she says it in both books. She's like, you know, I could order you to your death. And Sabe's like, and I would go. I was like, okay, listen, okay, all right, okay. Like, I, I'm a sucker for that shit. Like, I'm like, like the knights and like, cause it's like a dynamic you see all the time with heterosexual couples, like the princess and the knights. Like, I could order you and oh, I would go for you, my lady. Like, I was like, right yes, yes. I was like, put in my cup. I am ready to go. Um, she. It's like, I think it's, I'm also a sucker for like, we would be together, but we are separated by duty. You know, I, oh God, that's catnip for my girl brain. I think like, you know, that's like an Obi-Wan Satine dynamic. You know, it's like, oh my God, like the monk and the duchess, like, holy shit. Like, yes. And I really felt that kind of come through with um, Sabe and Padme. And I was just like, just thrilled that this, that it was on the page in front of me. I was like, what? Yes, and I think that was definitely a standout for me. And 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 to your guys's point, like even I know that I was like I was kind of waiting for the plot to happen, but I agree with you guys. Like I like 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 five hours I, or like two hours had passed on my audio book. I was halfway through the book, and then I listened to the audio book for like two hours, and I was like, <sighs> and I was just kind of sitting there, all like nice and chill. And then I was like, what what, what? oh what what's going on? Like it it really was almost kind of like a meditative experience of just listening to her, just kind of like a week in her life, kind of. So yeah, even though I I was like maybe not so much plot, it was still a very relaxing experience. It was very good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I have I have a, a weird question, and I, I hope it's not completely tone deaf for you. <laughs> Maryland. Oh, for me? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we do know that two of the handmaidens did end up together. What was that? Sache and Yane? Um, Sache and someone. Yeah, I think Sache it's Yane. Is it weird that they're like body doubles for one another? Like they would look the same. <laughs> is that weird? I don't know. I I have, I so there is kind of like this. Is that I, an ego I, thing? I, okay, look, it's, I actually am. I'll try to keep this as brief as I can. So looking at what it made me think a lot of um, Paradise Lost, John Milton's Paradise Lost, 
which is like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. The, the, the Satan comes, but he's kind of like a he's kind of like a bad boy, like chill bro with like dark hair and a sort of tortured. It's not a big deal. And he comes in, but like all of the scenes of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Why um, am I picturing Sebastian Stan? <laughs> because he, yeah, basically. Okay. basically okay uh <laughs> if john milton knew that's how a lot of people viewed lucifer he would be so mad it's so it's such a christian text anyway it doesn't matter so but 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 eve is looking at her reflection in the garden of eden and she's like mesmerized by her reflection and it's kind of played up the way john milton wants us to read that is well she's very narcissistic i mean narcissism comes from the greek god narcissus right or or a figure yeah. narcissus who drowned looking at himself and his own looking at his own reflection in the water so there is kind of like there was like a moment where I was like okay I don't know it 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 kind of struck me as a bit strange at first I was like I don't know if this yeah if this is like an ego thing or if this is like you know we look like each other like I wasn't sure how to approach that but I I think that it was it I think I don't really have a problem with it because I think that my general reading of it was when the girls are recruited yes they look like Padme they all kind of look the same but there is a lot of attention to which which ones look the least least like mm -hmm. her um and I also think that the makeup adds a lot you know it's it's like okay how we apply the makeup and the headpieces there's a lot of attention to height and posture and so i think that and i think that um uh it's panaka right panaka uh, yes. when he recruits them i think panaka kind of operates under like like all teenage girls look the same it, <laughs> kind of like all look the same like okay fine they're still growing up and i think that that's more of kind of like these girls are seeing instead of just seeing one another they see like who each uh, other is, truly is and and i i don't blame you for kind of having that that like a huh reading but i think that um i think that it's 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 not uh as uh, egotistical I, I think it's not meant to come off okay. as egotistical like that all right sorry i hope that wasn't like no, a, a terrible question you're fine um, it's totally legit yeah <laughs> uh also now now that you mentioned i do recall that they actually had, they knew each other um, prior to, to that. You find out more about that story in, in Queen's Peril. Um, of, it's actually really interesting when you get to that part because they avoided each other uh, for these same reasons. Um, but uh, Ali, uh, your, your thoughts? Uh, just to remind, we're on the second half of the book. <laughs> um, I actually do have another point about that. Yeah. Sasha was never meant to look like Padme. Sasha disappeared, and that's why Panaka chose her. He never noticed that she was there, so he thought that she would be good to slip in and out and disappear. So she was the only one who never learned the voice and never did the makeup because she was blonde and didn't look like all of the other ones. That's true. So, um, but the second half of the book, I have two points, and both of them expand on things that people already said. So first... Bail Organa. I love that man with my entire heart. <laughs> and watching him kind of go from... He's my goal. That's who I'm <laughs> trying to be is Bail. <laughs> watching him kind of go from kind of feeling like everybody else, like, oh, she's just, she's too young for this, to figuring out that dinner party, that party where he looks at her and realizes that they've pulled the decoy maneuver on him. And she's like, you're in, you're in good company. The only other person who figured this out was a Jedi master and him realizing how smart she is 
and how much she actually knows and just that development meant so much because I like it's the exact same way I felt in the Ahsoka novel. Every time I see Bail Organa, I just get sad, especially when I have to think about him and Padme and how close they were and the way he raised Leia. Like that just, it breaks my heart, but I love him so much. So seeing their the development of their relationship from him kind of believing just what everybody else did to seeing her for who she really is was one of my favorite things of the entire novel. But also, developing on Sabe, watching her relationship with Tanra go through so many different phases from they're kind of like stuck together and they don't really speak to them ending up together by the end of the novel, but done in a way that wasn't like, oh, I'm so helpless. I, ha I have to have a man. It was more like they just grew so comfortable with each other that that just felt natural. And I loved how slow the progression of that was. It wasn't like shoved in, like she came back from the decoy maneuver and it just happened. And it felt like so realistic and real. Like obviously it's sci-fi, like it wouldn't ever happen, but like that was something that I could believe would happen. Like you, you're living with this person, you're seeing them every single day and you come home from a long day at work and you're like, you know what, it's time. <laughs> so, <laughs> I absolutely loved it. I was sitting there and I was like, I was in my car and I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Driving on the New Jersey Turnpike, like shaking my steering wheel. I was like, yes, it happened. So yes, I, I love Sabe and Bale and they are my two favorite characters in the whole book. And just seeing the way Padme interacted with both of them was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> also, I super relate to, there's been times where like, I'm driving to the gym and I hit a good part in, in an audiobook and I park and I'm sitting there in my car. It's still on. I'm still listening. And people are behind me. Like, are you, are you leaving? I'm like, bro, I might be here for another three, four hours. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, <laughs> just, just go, man. Just, just go. Um, no, I, I, I love it so much. And uh, Alex. I already went. Did yeah, I? I was the last or, one. Oh, you were the last yeah. one. I'm like, Woo! I think I already said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can go sorry. again. I mean. <laughs> um, no, actually, there, there is another thing I, I wanted to, to to bring up, and it's it's not a thing that happens. It's a lack of a thing. There's this um, kind of thought that goes around that that Padme was like courting young Anakin as a nine-year-old child and she wasn't that never happened he wasn't even on her mind at all she's looking at him and thinking I should probably end slavery <laughs> you know and uh and so I I really love because she you know what I mean it's he's not a thing he's not on her mind he's not on her radar and it's she's you know like stop it <laughs> um and uh and also so for me i don't know why i have a weird um there's a lot of things i don't remember but if i read a star wars book i remember everything <laughs> and and i can no longer separate all of it because all of it is just you know kind of swimming around that's why i love why having this this connected canon um but this book and watching her relationship with Bale grow and like 
oh my goodness like it it kills me there's so many things that just kill me now because now i'm thinking of bale watching leia grow and how much how much padme means to him and watching the similarities and then my mind jumps to the leia princess of alderaan book when she runs into panaka and panaka is like oh my goodness like she's the spitting image and her age is is appropriate and like he's making all these connections and then my mind jumps to um what we're currently reading and the book club with <laughs> with a uh, bloodline of of um you know the the message that um bale leaves for leia to kind of explain things and then i just get sad <laughs> that's where it all ends up just me sad <laughs> yeah like the ahsoka novel when she's talking to him and he's like she's just like her mother and she can tell that there's something else he wants to say i was literally bawling my eyes out i was like i can't do this and he doesn't say it but you know he wants to yes <sighs> so much anger so much like pent-up anger <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 wonderful okay all right, all right all right so we'll jump forward to the epilogue uh which the epilogue was partially mentioned in the very beginning but it comes back up in the end and it's it's at Padme's death, and it's it's rough, man. For for me, it's rough. Um, <laughs> this one, I'm gonna go back to to Megan to start. Um, I want to see your thoughts on our. Yeah, the I mean, the epilogue was just immensely heartbreaking. Like it it was hard, and I think um, it's interesting to me because I re recently have done reading on the Sola character for the ridiculous mm -hmm. Sola things that I do. I love those. I love the Sola things. I, yeah, I love those. <laughs> It's, so great. it's my birthday. <laughs> the blockade has been lifted. Kills Poor me Sola. every time. <laughs> so, Sola, so as much as Padme got screwed by the films, Sola really, Sola was so irrelevant. And even in the book, like I kept, especially since I had read up on her, I was like, okay, so they're going to talk about Sola a little bit, right? And then it's like, well, Sola decided she doesn't need a partner and she's going to have kids. And Padme's like, I want to go see the new babies. But like diplomacy, like which I respect, but it just shows more like Padme's line of thinking versus Sola, um, and it really drew a line for me because like even though we know, and I actually only recently saw the deleted scenes from I think Attack of the Clones, mm -hmm. which thank God those didn't make it into the films. I was like, what kind of bad romantic comedy am I watching? They're like, oh, is Anakin your boyfriend? You can be honest with us, Senator of Naboo. <laughs> like, it's just so weird. Um, but like, you know, you're <laughs> I find it so strange. But like the context of like Padme having this like loving family and yet at her funeral, like we don't see any in the films that is, we don't see any of like their mourning or their loss for her. Like we get this beautiful shot of Padme and like the, the galaxy mourns like for, for um, the former queen Amidala, um, but you don't get that personal touch. And the epilogue hurts so much because for the first time ever, like from the context of not like as much as I love Obi-Wan, like even him losing Padme, he's like, well, everybody dies. Like I love him, but he's a Jedi, you know? There's, there's a certain amount where he's like, this, you know, it was bound to happen. Um, and so we get this, we get this like just heart-wrenching pain from Sabe and it's, it is the mourning that Padme deserved, I think is why it hurts so much because you, not only are you like re-experiencing the loss of Padme, but you're, 
like finally getting to see like the personal loss that her death um that her that that her death had on people um and then Sabe obviously is just like the coolest character maybe ever like if someone doesn't give her her own show or like her own comic series like they're crazy um so yeah um I think it's amazing. I also, the epilogue, I found very, very touching, very moving because like what was touched about a little bit earlier, like Bail Organa, the way that he cares for Leia and even to an extent, um, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, you know, when, when they, when Padme and Anakin went back to, back to Tatooine, I didn't feel like, you know, Beru and Owen were like really enjoying Anakin's company. I feel like Padme must've charmed the hell out of them. I feel like you can see in episode one how much Baru and Owen care for Luke. Um, and I've got to believe that part of that is just that the effect that Padme had on everybody that she met. And, you know, that's that's why Luke and Leia had so much love in their lives growing up. Like, even though they had vastly different circumstances, they were surrounded by love. And I, I love to think that that's in part due to, to Padme and what a kind and caring person she was. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no way that... Attack of the Clones Anakin was making a positive impression on them. Absolutely not. Like, absolutely I mean, and it's, none. it's not it's not so much his fault. He had other things on his mind. Exactly. At the exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And he's still <laughs> technically a teenage boy. He's like a 19-year-old, like who's going through a lot of things. And these poor people who are like, so dad, you're saying that we're like related to this guy vaguely? Like should he be staying in the house with us kind of energy so I, I, all those sand people <laughs> yeah yeah so I, I feel like that may probably smooth a lot of things over there <laughs> there's a lot of diplomacy that happened behind the scenes i'm certain of yeah. uh, <laughs> and it also to your earlier quote of of terrible dialogue i also have to add to it uh the one thing that lives in my mind rent free, free is Hayden Christensen saying, um, no, it's because I'm so in love with you. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> if you remember when he says this, I, I don't know, I just, so love has blinded you. It, 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 my mind instantly cuts to Harrison Ford um, being Harrison Ford not Han Solo, on set going, nobody can read this stuff. <laughs> That's where my mind cuts to instantly. I, yep. uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, but uh, but um, Marilyn, you, your thoughts? We have the uh, Queen Shadow epilogue. The epilogue. Um, well, first off, to Ali and yours point, Bail Organa is best boy. Um, he is the greatest man, uh, in history. I love Bill so much. I completely agree with you guys. He is just, when they go to visit, uh, Alderaan and the way that he interacts with his wife, I'm like, yes, yes, this is the blueprint. This is the blueprint. Like, it's so good and sweet. Um, and it's not and hard. <laughs> it's not. Think so. You wouldn't think. Um, also the, um, Oh God! What was it? Oh, fun fact. Some so every once in a while, like I'll be in the kitchen, like doing something, and my husband will walk in and he'll just stare at me, and I'm like, "What? What?" And he'll and he'll go, "You're so beautiful," <laughs> and then I go, "It's only because I'm so in love." And then we do the whole thing, and he's like, "No, it's because I'm so in love with you. Like, so love has blinded you. Like, it's like this whole thing. Thank God we don't have children 
it's it's fine it's like <laughs> we don't live with other people thank god because it it's it's just it's so fun um I, I get a lot of sorry miladies from my boyfriend so i get i get that <laughs> sorry milady like, yeah sorry oh, milady sorry <laughs> dead god <laughs> no he's looking at me right now he's gonna do it <laughs> Just, oh God. But so, you know what? There is something to get out of this god awful dialogue, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but so the epilogue, though, oh God. It, you know, and it's, and it's, and it also is bombarded with math. Like I read Queen's Shadow, then I read Return, The Revenge of the Sith. And that, and that also ends with Padme's funeral. And just both Matthew Sober and E.K. Johnston just like bring it. Like they just bring it. I was, yeah. I was both times I finished both audiobooks while I was at the grocery store and I was like picking out ham and Padme's dead. And I'm like, cool, this is great. <laughs> Love this for me. <laughs> but holding like, you know, honey glaze and regular. And I'm like, okay, this is totally fine. This is totally fine. Like, why am I, why is Padme always dead when I go to the grocery store? This isn't good. Um, and it, it's so sad and just, and yeah. And, and like Megan said, it, it gives our characters time it gives them time to process this into I I really like just how angry Sabe is and how she's like just like I I can I can picture myself there like I've been there it's just like no why is no one they buried her and oh she just died she's like I know her she wouldn't have just died like for of a, of like a lack of will like this was the most determined woman I've ever known in my life and you're telling me she died on an operating table because oh I guess I'll die it's like like I guess I'll die meme like no like she was a driven woman and it's like and she knows something's up and that bleeds into the Vader 2020 series which I know we'll get to at near the end and just the fact that like she's like I'm not letting this go and and, and I don't care it's so good so emotionally resonant and beautiful for sure absolutely mm. I, I i love it <laughs> i i just i wish i could like witness you and your husband doing doing that scene because because those those i i can't even i can't even think the lines without laughing <laughs> and, he, and he does the stare he like looks at me like dead eyed i'm like what what's wrong <laughs> and then he just says it i'm like oh god okay actually can, can i just say one thing though um, the fireplace scene ends <laughs> with the most inappropriate look. <laughs> oh. <laughs> when, when Anakin looks at her, I'm like, that's not consent. <laughs> that's that's like my... <laughs> that whole scene is just so confusing. It's just so... It's like mixed signals galore. It's like, I don't know what's happening. But I can see a lot. So it's very confusing look as the audience were confused i kind of understand why anakin was so confused exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's like i hmm <laughs> you make a good point there are times where some guys are not taught to understand what's happening and you're like okay so do what, what am I supposed to do? He, like, <laughs> he's I mean, deciphering hieroglyphics. You're like basically taught abstinence only. Like, that's not helping anybody, okay? No. This is not how you prevent unwanted pregnancies, Padme. Like, come on. Like, I'm just. <laughs> so, you're saying is that they should 
show uh, Attack of the Clones on loop at Planned Parenthood. <laughs> that's, what is- I, that's what I'm hearing. This'll, this'll Am I wrong? Do you want to keep your limbs? Don't get to go pregnant, okay? <laughs> Worst case scenario. <laughs> but if she's on the if she's on the fence, get a robot arm. <laughs> <laughs> if she's on the fence, just slaughter a village and then she'll go right towards you. Yeah, that's you the steeliest heart. <laughs> and make creepy stare eyes. Yeah. Don't blink. No blinking. Just creepy stare eyes. As long as you were as long as you look like Hayden Christensen, it might work. I mean, I just I just made the post. On- <laughs> okay. Um, like uh, uh, Elena, uh, Ali, sorry. Um, your um, thoughts on it? <laughs> I would before I get into the epilogue, I would like to point out that none of us have mentioned what I, my favorite line from that whole scene is, and it is, "If you are suffering as much as I am, please tell me." She just stares at. <laughs> always thought that she's just like mm, nope that is a legitimate <laughs> cry no, for help not really but <laughs> I was all like, men everywhere no this is i have no idea what to do help yeah. me tell me I'll, although i i i will say i i feel like everyone i mean men too i mean even i'm sure have been like on a first date where it's just like oh no no, no. like there's something like that's dropped and you're like i gotta get out of here I gotta get out of here. Like this guy is this lady, this guy, this whoever is crazy. God, it's yeah. It's the way he he like ends it to please tell me. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And at that oh, moment, please. so for me, at that moment, the general grievous meme plays of time to abandon ship. <laughs> <laughs> but um as to my thoughts on the epilogue, very similar to the ham situation. You know how people always say that they remember where they were when they heard about a tragedy? <laughs> I was in the Starbucks drive through crying my eyes out during the epilogue and I got to pick up my pink drink and there was an older lady working the drive through She looked at me and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, but thank you. And I drove away. <laughs> oh my God, you fully had a ma'am. This is a Wendy's moment. <laughs> and I could tell that she wanted to ask me what was wrong and I just didn't let her I was like nope goodbye I can't tell you that I'm crying (laughs) for a book in my car but I I love the epilogue so so much just because the only character that we saw react to her funeral that we knew was Jar Jar and getting to see someone else finally react meant so much because like yeah Jar Jar is going to be sad but it's Jar Jar like how much emotion <laughs> are you going to get from Jar Jar crying next to a floating coffin like seeing Sabe's anger and seeing her come to terms with the fact that like nothing was going to be the same like her saying like Padme was dead Anakin Skywalker is dead like her realizing that everything that she's ever known is completely gone and that she's going to have to like completely redo everything that she thought was true up until this point. Like the just extreme anger and the way that Tanra kind of devotes himself to her, just like she devoted herself to Padme, like knowing like, okay, no matter what you do, I'm going to follow you. We're going to find the answers that you need. I, I loved that that like kind of went from her doing that for Padme for somebody else doing that for her. 
but yes, I was in a Starbucks drive-thru just sobbing. <laughs> and I just got my pink drink and moved on. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So you saying that reminds me of this weird... I, I have a lot of really odd non-sequitur stories in my life because I'm just, a, I guess, a weird person. But I've been the magical Black guy before. This is in Northern California, Roseville, California, at the Galleria. There's a big, like, fountain. It's actually not a big fountain at all, but it's the only fountain, like, in Roseville. So people, like... It's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, a, there was a woman crying at the fountain. And I was like, what's, what's going on? Are you okay? And... She told me, like, I don't know, something of what happened, and I didn't, I was like, you know, like, I'm sure in your heart you know what to do. I was the magical black man that you see in the movies that shows up and just like, I I don't know nothing about uh, no senators, but... uh, where you got these out? <laughs> you know, I, I was. You I was, were Bagger Vance. Yeah, I was a magical black <laughs> man in some random woman's story, and I I would love to find out what happened. That would just I would make it so whatever happy. was making her cry. <laughs> it she fixed it. It's fixed now. I mean, I guarantee you had like a huge impact on her mental health. I've definitely been that girl like crying in public before, and like the one person that comes up to you and you're like. Thank you for caring, but also thank you for making me realize I got to pull this together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it just it just that uh, your comment just made me made me think of that that story, and I'm I'm honestly curious if she's okay. Uh, hope hopefully. Um, <laughs> uh, Alex, your thoughts? Um, so, like I said, I had no idea it was coming. I was driving home very late at night, and it hit, and I was like, "Well, okay." I am now crying on the freeway. This is a good moment for me. This is definitely one of my best moments. In that moment, I had the thought, if I get pulled over right now, I doubt this is a good way out. <laughs> I, well, you see, sir, I'm listening to this Star Wars book. It's very sad. Padme just died. And it's, I, <laughs> please don't give me a ticket. It will just, this is already a night ruined, okay? <laughs> How am I going to explain this? Have um, you heard the legend of Darth Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> and you just pray that they're a Star Wars fan. Like, I get it. I read it last week. Like, you yeah. just, you hope. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't expecting it. Like, at all. Because the epilogue happened so far after the actual bookends. Um, I did not expect that's how the epilogue would go if yeah it's just it's a lot um I'm glad that they did put it in um I did talking about people the only reactions we did get to her death um there's actually a I think it's a buzzfeed list of all the handmaidens and it's like it's clearly a joke but it's a really well written joke and um one of them I think it's I think it's Ume they said uh, it's like rating the handmaidens best to worst. <laughs> May's like at the bottom, and it said, "That's a bad at- idea. That's a bad yeah. start." <laughs> and it was like, um, Ume is at the like near the bottom because she was <laughs> she didn't do her job, which they say her only job was to die for her queen. 
And instead, she's at the queen's funeral and she's not even bothering to cry. And I, I lost it. So for whatever reason, that was the funniest statement to me. <laughs> the reason someone would get rated the lowest handmaiden is because they didn't even bother to cry at the person's funeral that they were supposed <laughs> to protect. Um, but yeah, it's, I'll try to find the list. And I'll post it on my, my TikTok. It's, it's, a, it's a really good list. Um, but yeah, we do get some kind of strange shots at the funeral that really don't establish much of a mourning from people that she was connected to um and the shots we do get are like a queen that is not named in the movies and you know we get one shot of her family and it's like half of a second and they don't even seem i'm i assume that her funeral was you know a couple days later or whatever but they don't seem as distraught as a family maybe should be um and then, yeah, Jar Jar. And then, of course, three PO's face just like dissolving in from the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somber funeral, and then three PO. And three PO's just like this is a funeral. <laughs> I mean, he's not. Are you wrong. sure about that? <laughs> These are the chances of attending a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> And then he gets his memory wiped. So what's the point of having him there anyway? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. All right. So I, I, I got to ask, I mean, and I, I wanted to focus on, on the Queen's Shadow because specifically this is a new era that we haven't heard of in, in Padme's life. Um, mm-hmm. Queen's Peril is great. And I, I love that book. I had a great time reading it. Um, half of the book is happening simultaneously with, uh, with the first movie, it's really good. I, I would I would like to do this again with that book specifically. But um, I, I'm curious though. Um, has anyone looked into Vader 2020? Um, a little bit, a little bit, a little, little bit, a little bit. Okay. I'm aware of the Padme Sabe stuff, um, but I haven't read it myself. Okay. I'm in a couple communities where. Uh, things get I'll just say they get spoiled really fast like as soon as the comic drops there's screenshots and everything and like I've just kind of condemned myself to it like I'm just gonna see it and hopefully it'll pique my interest enough to actually go read them so <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's nothing there's no, nothing wrong with that I mean that's why I have to I jump on them right away because I, I I don't want to risk that chance like <laughs> so it's actually <laughs> Like, my wife understands this about me of, like, a movie I want to see comes out. I've already got both of us tickets for opening day. And I'm like, can you make it? And she's like, no. <laughs> that sucks for you. Like, yeah. you, you know. If it's, if it's your movie, I'll wait. To say, to say your movie, though. Like, I'm, I'm seeing it. Um and uh but yeah for everyone present here definitely read vader 2020 um because whew, it, it is a ride um and uh and also don't talk to uh victoria vader about it because you you will break her <laughs> victoria <laughs> I, love, I love her so much queen <laughs> I legitimately refuse to do um, Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi without her. Um, like, I, I just, I won't do it. 
Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But um, all right. So speaking of that, I, I want to jump to you know the women's representation in Star Wars, um, and I just want to get you guys' overall thoughts on on it. And we'll actually we'll just we'll just start with just that. You know, women's representation in Star Wars. Um, like one of the big reasons, like you know, Megan, when I when I found your stuff, you're so outspoken, which sounds negative for some reason. I don't know if that's for me, but um, it's not. It's <laughs> but you communicate so well on women's representation in media, and I'm curious of. Um, what what should what should we know about it? Uh, what are, what are, what are we missing? What am I missing? And and how do we move forward? So um, I've I've been really passionate about women in media since I um, went to college. I studied film and I studied animation, um, and I'm old. <laughs> so this was like almost ten years ago now, um, and or maybe I don't know about ten years. Um, but I, the first script writing class I ever took, uh, the instructor in no uncertain terms, like told us, so this is the kind of story you're going to want to write. These are the beats. We went over all of the basic things like hero's journey, that kind of stuff. And like, it was like lesson one or two it was very early on where he was like, yeah, when you write stories, you probably want to write. Uh, from a male's perspective, uh, because men don't really, you know, men don't really want to try to relate to women. Like it, in the time that I was learning these things, it was just very matter of fact, the way that it was, it was brought up. Like, I think that like the Sony leak reaffirmed, like even when people don't want to admit that that's true, like the Sony leak reaffirmed that like, <laughs> this is still how people think in Hollywood. Um, and it's such a, it's such a niche part of feminism, uh, and it's also like I, right now, especially with everything that's going on in the world and like um, the Black Lives Matter movement and everything like that. Like it, it feels, and sometimes I feel silly talking about it because I'm like, this is like this is not the most important part of feminism, and intersectionality is it's so horrible that there's like this huge group of people that get left out of feminism all the time because of like exclusively white feminism. Um, but I follow a few really great uh, aspiring Black film creators uh, who happen to be women or non-binary um, on TikTok, and I, I you know, I, I obviously I want to support people like that, and I think that that's why when I talk about it, I try my best to make it about, you know, not, not, Star Wars is difficult because I feel like Star Wars Star Wars with the with the release of the new um, Republic art that they just that they just released that's very exciting, um, but especially in sci-fi still like even where intersectional feminism is making strides, especially in sci-fi there there's still when we do get women they tend to be white women or they tend to be aliens so it's like it, it, there's a lot of work to go there still. Um, but yeah, overall, the pushback on female characters is just, it's just specifically ironic to me because there's still so few in Star Wars. So when I see people talking about like, oh, like women are taking over, I'm like, really? Like we get like four characters over the course of like a 50 year franchise. Like, hey, wow. but I like Ahsoka, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, and so, yeah, the, the female representation in Star Wars, honestly, as I mentioned before, I feel like we, we got really lucky in getting the queen, Carrie Fisher, as our first, as the blueprint for women in Star Wars, because that woman was a, a powerhouse, just a force of nature. Um, and the energy that she brought to Leia, and like we all know the stories of the original cast with George Lucas, I know that she gave just as much pushback as Harrison Ford or Mark Hamill and saying like, this character, let, let me, trust me when I say you want me to, to tweak this a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I think that um, the representation ha has a long way to go, particularly in Star Wars, but obviously across media, I, I talk about it a lot. Um, one way that I think is really impressive so far is the books. Like reading um, this book by E.K. Johnson, Johnston, um, Queen Shadow, and then I want to read Queen's Peril. I've, I've started like the first chapter. And then I did just read Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. And pardon me, um, the fact that the Disney canon is expanding in this way with female voices at the front is just, it's really inspirational. Um, I, I, you know, I think that they're, that they're learning, which is great. Um, and then as far as what you should know, I, I think that you've touched on it a lot, um, where you talk about inherent bias. Um, and it's important to remember that society still does encourage negativity towards femininity in a lot of ways, um, even in ways that don't seem really overt at first. And I think that that's why a lot of people dismiss Padme initially, because she's unapologetically the most character in the Star Wars canon. You know, that's, that's exactly who she is. Um, and it can be jarring to kind of have that shift in narrative and that shift in characterization. And even if you don't realize um, the bias that you might develop towards it as a man or a woman, because in, internalized misogyny is a real thing. And it's, you know, it's, it's not something that men should like feel guilty about because, you know, feminism is about all of us getting better and making the world better for everybody. Um, but yeah, I, I would really just say to the people out there that, that want to do better, just genuinely think about the things that are out of your control and the inherent biases that you might you might have developed and try to go into things with an open mind because you don't have to love a character you don't have they don't have to be your favorite you don't have to personally relate to them i think that my journey with padme is proof of that i'll never be like padme not in the ways that you know i admire about her um, but i've learned to love her because I've learned to stop seeing the things that are different from me or, you know, the upplayed femininity uh, as negatives. And, and I think that that's something that can just happen so subtly that you don't even realize it. So just like coming at it with acknowledging that and trying to say, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to just come at this with an open mind can just make the world a difference. So that's my, that's my speech on feminism and media. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I love it. And it's it's a thousand percent apt um, because, you know, I, I myself, uh, when I speak, you'll notice that there's not a ton of bass in my voice and that I realized that that was an unconscious thing that I've always done to seem less threatening to people. Um, and I think you know myself even when the way I frame my camera is to make myself less threatening because I'm a I'm a big black guy I don't know if you're aware of this uh I'm actually very I'm pretty large and and, and pretty strong um but I I don't want that to be a thing I don't that, that's it means that means nothing to me 
And so I, I don't understand you guys' struggle, but I, I resonated with it because I feel like I'm on the opposite side of, of that struggle. And so that's one of the reasons I wanted to have this. And so I, I, I I, I I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for for sharing. You, you brought up a great point, which is like, I'm a tiny white woman. I'm five two, and I I've only noticed recently since joining TikTok that my voice I feel like is deeper than I thought it was, and it very well sorry very well could be that when I grew up um, I also like had mostly male friends, and I had a lot of internalized misogyny, and I repressed a lot of my femininity. And I like now looking back, I'm like maybe this is like the way that I talk because I was trying to seem more important or more imposing, and that's that's the best part about um you know the feminist the current feminist movement right now is trying to let people know that no matter how you express yourself no matter what the the way you speak or the cadence or you know the the aesthetic that you choose to go for like it's it's just about 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 letting men accept themselves and express themselves in, in their chosen ways as it is about letting women do that so I mean I, I might I have a little boy I have a little son and like I definitely, I view the, the journey, the growth that we're on is making a world better for him so that he's never in a place where somebody tells him like, oh, you do this like a girl or shame him for crying or something. Like there's just, there's so much healing to be done <laughs> to, for everybody, you know? It, it, there's so much healing. Uh, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's yeah. crazy. Um, and what's funny is I didn't even realize the half of it until like, four years ago max and i'm like opening this onion like oh my god everything i know is wrong uh this is it's, it's a super weird but, <laughs> but I, I i believe i believe we can get there we're on the right track we're totally on the right track yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh Marilyn, your thoughts um so rep like representation going forward it's it's interesting it's um Megan is completely right. And also like, like Megan, like it's not frivolous to focus on women in media, like it art, life imitates art. So if that's like, honestly, like I've always looked at representation as a first, in media as a first step to making things better. So you focusing on that is totally not, that's not something that you should be embarrassed of. I think I like that's because I felt that way too before. I'm like, it's a movie, like, you know, but I'm yeah. like, ah, but like, come on, like every kid, I, I always say every child deserves to see themselves in the media that is made for them. That is very important. Um, and, but representation going forward, what, what's interesting about, about, I'm trying to think, I, I had a thought and then it like left my brain is that, is, oh yeah, so, so one time uh, I decided to dive into like the dark part of YouTube and I was like, because everyone like hated Ray. I'm like, why? I don't, I don't get it. Why? And I, and I like watched some of these videos and I was like, I like, I, oh man. And this guy like straight, like stone faced, like straight stone faced was like, well, Jin and Ray are women. What am I supposed to do with that? And, and I was like, waiting for like the drum to like I was waiting for the joke to drop and I was like wait is this real and I realized I was like you know women are people <laughs> you can relate to them like and I 
one of the things I find so strange is that one of the reasons why I like Ray so much is that I find that something that I get frustrated with, with a lot of female characters, and this is something that Megan has talked about a lot, is that oftentimes to make women more palatable for this male, for a male audience, they're often stripped of their femininity. And they're made like, you know, just like cold masculine, like, you know, I don't care about dresses. Okay. But also my tits are out. Look at my tits. It's like, okay, what the, okay. Um, Yes. Ah, yes. A woman. That's how we act. Um, but I, I really liked Ray because I found that she, like, the, she inhibited, and it, a lot of it comes from Daisy's performance. I find her to be very feminine, but I also find that her hero's journey is not especially gendered at all. Her journey is one of self-discovery. It's a classic hero's journey. She wants to find out where she fits in this story. And that's, like, there's nothing gendered about that. Like, you can relate to that. Like, there, like it's, and I get She's frustrated. More- Sorry. <laughs> No, no, you're fine. Make your point. No, I. It's actually something I. Okay, um, she's so powerful while she's crying every time, and that's yes. one thing I really love. Oh, yes, I, I agree. Like there is so much. Yeah, there's so much strength and passion behind her tears. It's never this like wallowing. It's just it's this. She's she cries and she's like speaking and she's like, "What did you do?" Like it's this. Oh, it's so good. And, um, and as someone, and as every, all, all the women here, you know, it's like, you know, we grew up, I grew up empathizing with, I was Luke Skywalker. That's me. I'm, that's me on the screen. Like I, we grew up connecting to male heroes. Like it's really not that hard (laughs) to connect with a person that doesn't look like you or is a different race or gender or age or what have you. It's not that hard. And I think that encouraging in, in create and I think the first step is to give us really well written characters if we can get ourselves really well written female characters you know I think that and I think that the women in Star Wars are very well written you know but if we can continue can continue that trend I think that maybe men will maybe maybe bridge that gap and feel more comfortable expressing that they do feel connected there's a lot of other things that go into it it's, it's also men kind of letting go of this like this 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 weird adhesion to like this like like I can't it 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 always comes back to and I apologize for being very very um candid about this but it always comes back to you know I can't be gay I can't be gay I can't be there's this weird thing still with with homosexuality and and it's like if I connect to a woman that means I'm feminine which means I'm gay which means like it's okay okay Dylan slow down like you're here I need you here you know and there's a lot of factors that go into that we couldn't possibly get into but it's not being afraid to connect with feminine characters and I mean and as far as you go Brandon like you are always so like what can I do to be better it's like dude you are doing great (laughs) like I can't think Uh, I mean you are so open to questions and and, and I also want to throw that back on you. Like, what can we do to be better too? Because I, more often than not, as history has shown us, and, you know, it is very often black men who pay the price for a white woman's whatever, the, like, you know, for, you know, fragility or honor or whatever. It is always a black man who is on trial for that. It's it, the relationship between between white femininity and quote unquote black aggression is very permanent and it still exists 
today in this country. And I think that, yeah, so that goes right back at you. Like, what can we do to be better too, in terms of racial representation? Because we need more women of color in these movies. We need more men of color in these movies. And uh, so, yes. Well, to that, I'll say, I've never thought about that before ever in my life. Um, (laughs) all, All I know is that when I played Star Wars on my elementary school playground, I was not allowed to be Luke Skywalker because I was black. I could be, I could be Lando and I could be Chewbacca. (laughs) That's it. And and, and so that's why I always feel like it's a similar journey, but the exact opposite at the same time. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's fascinating to, to me to, to hear this because there's so many things that I've never thought about. Uh, I made a video recently about, and it contrasts, like, if you're right-handed, there is a bunch of things you've probably never considered in, in your entire life. Right. And it's, and, and, it, and it's so, it's so true. And uh, even myself, there's so many things, like reading these books, I hear a bunch of stuff and I'm like, that's a thing? You have to... <laughs> you guys have have had to think about this thing um and it's like a blaring like oh man i've been an idiot for a bunch of things for a, a long time um i mean it's just normalizing stories like this that's the thing is like it's so funny because i feel like girls are conditioned to know certain things about young boys which a lot of times aren't even true because they're stereotypes in themselves but um it's just, it's the normalization of, of only telling these ones kind of stories. Um, and I, I think that it's not, it's no, it's through no fault of your own. It's just literally like the media we've been exposed to. Like you mentioned earlier, like you remember everything about Star Wars. Like you definitely would have like a little like index card full of this information in your brain if you'd ever been exposed to it. But it's just, that's the thing when it's not, when it's not a prominent part of the media, then it, it, it's to the detriment of everybody. And, and it's and that's literally one of the reasons that I even make videos or TikToks or or whatever because there's so many times where I hear like there's there's a video that's like hey um, Ray is bad because of these reasons and in a proper hero's journey you do this this and this and and I'm like wait so it's different from the hero's journey does that make it bad I'm like well. I, yeah, yes. I've, never, I've never thought about that question it's before. So, I don't and you're like, like her. What, what is different equals bad? Duh. Never, like it's so. Am I cra- Am I taking crazy pills here? But also, but, carbon copies are bad. So do something yeah. in the middle. <laughs> yeah. This is the same, so I hate it. But this is yeah. different, so I, so hate, I it. hate it. Exactly. I need media to be exactly 45 degree angle from what I know. <laughs> I, I need you to know exactly what's going on in my brain and make the movie only for me. <laughs> but then and, I'll and, still hate it. Yeah. Because Disney ruined Star Wars. Totally. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and that's like the whole premise of my, I, I even made a video today and I'm like, okay, you want George Lucas back. But these things that you hate were George Lucas's idea. And you hate Disney because they got rid of uh, the EU. But the EU is based off of what George Lucas considered canon. And he overwrote most of it when he made the prequels. And I'm like, I have no idea what you want. 
mean, I was I was like alive and like aware when the prequels came out. Like people talk these days, I hear people talking all the time, like, oh, the prequels didn't get nearly as much hate as the sequels. I'm like, excuse me? Like what? what are you talking about? <laughs> I the think prequels? I think Jake have made a video about that today and I literally commented, I'm like, um, I was like barely aware and <laughs> I knew how much people hated those movies. That's all anybody talked about. Like, yeah. <laughs> Menace got re-released in my theaters when I was like 11 so that was actually the first Star Wars movie I ever saw in theaters 32 people showed up to the whole thing it was there for like a month 32 people showed up and you're gonna tell me that it didn't get as much hate as the sequels have oh my god yeah I fully believe that yeah it, it's 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 so it's so weird it's so weird and like you know Jessica Henwick was almost cast as as Ray's part and if you don't know Jessica Henwick, um, she's an uh, an Asian com- Canadian um, mm-hmm. actress. She was in um, the Iron Fist series. She was the, by far the best part of the Iron Fist series, and she would have killed it in that role. But I know that they couldn't have casted her because if they did, people would, before seeing it, say that it was because she was Asian that she was casted like no no she'd be amazing in that role having seen her there's there's so many weird like didn't she end up being Jess Pava uh yes yes yeah she she, she did which I I I fully she had a really interesting interview about the whole audition process and like she even seemed to be like uh, we all know why I didn't get it like like she was but she was so gracious about it too like she wasn't like blunt or like harsh about it she was just like this is what my casting process is that's it that's it that's as far as I get like it was it was sad and heartbreaking but at the same time she was she was so kind and professional about the way she spoke about it too I was like I admire that I get that let's let's be completely honest about it, it she got the role she got it she got it she nailed it it was her. Um, but if you look at the art from before the movie was casted for the character of Kira, um, looks identical to Daisy Ridley. <laughs> identical. The, the, the art, the, the rendered art looks identical to Daisy Ridley. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's crazy to me. But um, I love Daisy. I love her. I yeah. do love Daisy. Yeah. And her portrayal was amazing and powerful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't want to take anything away from it. Um, what I want is for Jessica Henwick to come back as Sabine. Um, and what I need is, um, what's the actress's name? Simone. Um, basically, if you watch Marvel, Netflix, I need a Daughters of the Dragon reunion in Star Wars. Um, I just need Kelly Marie Tran to get I I'm so I'm still so mad about that that was just so I'm so cool. happy that she's coming I don't back. even know what they could do for her but I just want them to do something like hey, her own movie or something because she's the voice of Raya um yes for the upcoming movie. yes she's yes. Raya yes and I, I feel like that's what they they were like all right 
I'm sorry. Like, I want, I want <laughs> Disney was... to release a statement that like panders to all the people who are like, oh, they're rebooting the sequels. They're not going to be canon anymore. And like have them release a statement that says, yes, we're doing that. Um, we're going to have Rosie Marie Tran be the main character of the reboot and just see what happens. Because I just need that kind of <laughs> incel rage to go on for like 24 hours. Just let mm -hmm. them rest in it. <laughs> to to comment on the representation thing um so my boyfriend just had me watch well we ju just we did this at the beginning of the year we watched agents of shield and i was 100 mm -hmm. one of those people that was like i don't get the whole representation thing like i i didn't understand why it mattered so much for people to see someone who looked like them it didn't 100 make sense to me um but i didn't grow up watching a ton of tv like at all um so i i just i didn't really understand why it was really important to people i just think that just probably just not how my brain gauges things but um so we're watching agents of shield and um chloe bennett mm -hmm. plays the one of the main characters in the first season it's arguable that she's the main character but later on i think it's arguable that she's one of the head leads and she I is I do too. She is white and she is Chinese. And I am part Asian, part Polynesian, part white. And finally it clicked because I had never, ever, ever, ever seen someone who was that mix in Hollywood. And to be fair, there are very, very few people in Hollywood that are that mix. But then I found an article that said that she had changed her last name because no one would book her because she had a Chinese last name. And it broke my heart because at the same time I had been in musical theater for years and I had been told, oh, use your middle name because it's ethnic, you'll book more stuff that way. And it just, I want Star Wars to book more people <laughs> now. Now, like it finally clicked that like, oh, I get it now. Like, did my worth as a human being go up and or down by watching someone and seeing someone represent me? No, it didn't. My worth is still the same as a human being either way. But seeing that representation was like, oh, they get it too. I get it now. Like, it just, when it was being rumored that she might be Afra, I had a full down meltdown, like, joy like he needs to be afra do I it. Would. <laughs> she looks like the comic like just just do it but please please <laughs> um and there are very very few asian or partially asian actors in star wars at all um so i i hope i hope she is afra because that would make me very happy um but yeah yep. it Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. definitely, I feel like, really got the mix right, if that makes sense. Um, they they had a very diverse, very diverse cast. Um, and it felt, you know, natural and, and it was it was perfect, in my opinion. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, there's a famous um, Star Wars actor by the name of Oscar Isaac. Uh, does anyone know his real name? I don't. just looked this up the other day. Is, oh my gosh. That, no, I thought I was actually going to talk about that as my point. Like, okay. Well, then, 
then instead of that, I'm coming to you. It's not my point. It's your point. I don't personally know his last name either. Like it's in, it's like in the back of my brain, but I can't pull from it right now. But Fernandez Estrada. Like, wow. Knowing that this is, okay. I have not been quiet about my uh, criticisms of the sequels. I am not a fan of the sequels generally, but Star Wars is Star Wars. Um, and that actually goes to both of my points. Um, one of my biggest criticisms is that he did change his name to avoid getting cast in stereotypical Hispanic parts and then was written as one of the parts he was trying to avoid in Star Wars, which grinds my gears so much. Um, but another one of my points is that I grew up loving Ahsoka because I was watching the Clone Wars and I got bullied for it. And now everyone loves Ahsoka. And I get much less hate generally on TikTok because my content is prequel focused because I connected more with Ahsoka because I watched her when I was young. She was the young spunky, like she was my age. She was a girl. I loved her, but I get less hate just because I personally didn't connect with Rey, which I think is bullshit. <laughs> like Star Wars is Star Wars and me not liking a particular character. And it's not that I don't like Rey. I just never really talk about her because mm -hmm. I didn't generally connect with her as much as I know a lot of people did, but I was bullied for liking Ahsoka. And so seeing other people go through that just for liking a character drives me nuts, whether I like that character or not. Like now I'm just kind of rambling, but it, it upsets me so much to watch my friends like one of my friends was threatened with doxing because she likes the sequels just that was the only reason like she was trying to have a healthy debate and they found her ip address and i've never experienced that because i am a fan of the prequels so in some people's minds i'm more of a true star wars fan and so even not focusing on the representation in the media it's the way that the media is viewed is as much of a problem like liking one thing over another does not make you more or less of a fan. And I will never understand how people think that way. Like I, it's just what I like better. That doesn't make, that doesn't mean I know more than one person. It doesn't mean that I'm better than one person. It just means that I have a personal opinion because those are things that everyone can have. <laughs> I just mm, grinds my gears a lot. <laughs> uh. Whew. I mean, I, you have no idea how much I love that sentiment. Because, um, <laughs> because, oh, go ahead, Megan. When I was, when I came on TikTok, I was completely like, I sound even more like an old person, but I was like flabbergasted. Like I was like, there are people on here who are so obsessed with the prequels that they're going to hate on the sequels. Like as someone who was like, you know, big original trilogy fan. And then, you know, I, I wasn't on TikTok when I, when the sequels were coming out or you know, any, any medium like that. And then I come on TikTok and everybody's like, if you don't like the prequels, you're not a true fan. I'm like, what are, what is when? <laughs> it was like an entire narrative shift, but it's like, it's just, I missed it, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's just the double standard. Like I have legitimate criticisms of the prequels and of the characters in the prequels. But if I were to have those same legitimate criticisms, which I do of the prequels, then you're not a fan. Sorry, goodbye. All of all of your Star Wars knowledge is gone. You, you don't know a single- Turn thing. in your card. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I, I got I got uh, Wednesday pull streams. Uh, I, I I love Wednesday pulls content just in general. You popped into uh, just now. It's like personal opinions and fandoms don't mix. It's it's terrible, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's true because I often am called a sequel defender. I don't believe That's I've ever. Thing. I don't. No, no, no. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> I feel like it's an inaccurate thing. I don't think I've ever defended the scene. I've just said things that are there in the movie. I feel like you just explained them. Like, like oh, like, you missed I, this. Here it I, is. I, I have <laughs> I I have no problem defending them or becoming a defender. But like, if you're ninety nine percent of the time, what people say. It's, it's it's in it's in the movie. I'm just yeah. I feel like the equivalent like if I were to make an example, it'd be it'd be like if people said, "I hate pie because of all the ranch dressing," and you're like, "There's no ranch dressing on pie," <laughs> and they're like, "You're a pie defender." You're like, no, I'm not. I just well. Mary Lou, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm confused. Like, Mary Lou, didn't you have a video about how as soon as the second season of Mandalorian comes out, all of a sudden there will be people saying that the first season of Mandalorian was better? And yep. Uh, and it, it was, I had never had that thought before. And oh my God, it changed my world. It, <laughs> dude, it's like Look. clockwork. It's it's this thing. I think I didn't make a video, but I think we talked about it at the beginning of one of the episodes of the podcast. It was like Brandon had asked us to start off. He's like, oh, what do you think about the trailer? Or I can't remember. Maybe I posted something and deleted it or something. But like, it's it's because, oh, it's because I saw this guy and he was like, oh, Disney's like, Disney doesn't know what we want. Oh, we want the Mandalorian Disney. I'm like, yeah, until season two comes out. And then all of a sudden, well, season one was better. Well, season two is better. Well, you're not a real fan if you prefer this to this. I'm like, it's like, it's almost funny how it's clockwork. It, it, I know exactly what's going to happen. It's this, it's, it's, it's just like everyone. And it's like, and Megan, you're so funny. You're like, I'm so old, dude. I, I think I'm the same age as I'm 32. I'm not 32. I'm 31. I forgot my own age. I'm going crazy. So yeah, we're it's, like, yeah, I'm yeah. 20. I'm, I'm 24. We're good. <laughs> yeah, perfect. we have a perfect like balance across like a, a decade. And it's like, for me, I like all the trilogies. I, there is something about each trilogy that I love unique to that trilogy. And I, I have my criticisms of all of them. Like even the originals, like the originals aren't perfect. Like I love Leia. I adore Leia. Leia doesn't have a character arc, you know, and I, and it's like, oh, she doesn't really have a character arc, and it's, and so, yes, it was the 70s and the early 80s, I know, but, like, it's still something where, when I watch it, I'm like, well, she falls in love with Han, and she finds out Luke is her brother, well, that's kind of just tied to the two dudes, you know, there's really nothing for her to kind of discover herself, and this is my my challenge, uh, actually, really quick. This is kind of, this is going to be like my final thought, but I, I think it, it works here. So when you watch the Phantom Menace again, when we all go back to it eventually, watch it like Padme is the protagonist because she kind of is the protagonist of the Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. She the plot of the, the the conflict in the movie is her planets being invaded. That's the main conflict. That's like the driving force of the plot. And she 
is the hero who has to figure out how to save her planet. It's like, and because because like think about it, like Obi Wan's not the protagonist. Obi Wan, as much as I love him, doesn't really have to be in Episode One. All he's really there to do is just to react when Qui Gon dies. Qui Gon's not the protagonist. He's, he's kind the mentor of a big character. asshole. In, in yeah. The movie. yeah. <laughs> Why do I sense? Yeah, we've picked up another pathetic life form. You know, Qui-Gon is the mentor. Anakin's not the protagonist. He comes in like a half an hour in and he's, and he's just kind of like, I'm a, I'm a person and my name is Anakin. You know, he's like, okay, you're a kid. Yippee, you're the kid character. Okay, fine. It's like, so who's the protagonist? Like, well, Padme kind of is. She has all the, you know, she's, the, it's really interesting when you look at it from that point of view, you know, and then we get to episode three and she's just pregnant sitting in rooms. And I'm like, George, 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 give her a book, honey. give her a pad. Like she's literally just pregnant sitting on a couch. I'm like, George, give her something to do. Like it's, it's she's such a, a senator, weird... even though she's pregnant, like she yeah. still has a job. <laughs> no, she doesn't. The only time we see her actually doing her job in episode three is when she says, this is how Liberty dies. She's never holding a book. She's never holding yeah. a data pad. She never has anything in her, around her, in her vicinity to show that she has a job. She's just her, pregnant. Even her handmaidens aren't really there. And you would think mm -hmm. her handmaidens of all people would be like, hey, she's like, she's pregnant. We got to like extra be on top of this. Or like, she seems like she's going through something. We're so close. But like, where are they? She's well, just, I mean, that's it's very out. clearly because as soon as a woman gets pregnant, she no longer has a value in our society. I mean, I'm 100 I'm pretty sure that's the answer, right? Uh, we, well, in one <laughs> scene of the, we miss the scenes in the Senate though, where all of the senators come up to her and ask to touch her belly while they're already touching her belly, yeah. because that's an integral part of pregnancy, I can tell you from experience. Now, <laughs> I, I do have to say, well, actually there's two things. Uh, the, great fo uh, the great Fox uh, in chat, says Jar Jar, Darth Jar Jar is behind it all, which I fully believe was the intention of the Jar Jar Binks character. He got so much hate from the first movie that they swerved. Um, I, I, I am, I am down. I'm a thousand percent certain of that. Uh, if you watch the making of the amount of times that George Lucas says Jar Jar Binks is the key to all of this is ridiculous when you consider what Jar Jar Binks actually brought to the table. I watched an episode of Clone Wars the other day where he's like Padme's hosting a dinner with senators or something and he's like juggling plates on a table <laughs> and it's like all land perfectly. I'm like how is he not a Jedi or a Sith? He's the, the he's Darth Jar Jar episode of the Clone Wars. I don't remember what the name of the planet is yes. but with um oh my lord. When he starts Hook it up with that that queen. <laughs> Dave yeah. Filoni haunts me to this day. Oh. Uh, Dave Filoni was trying to mess with us with with Jar Jar and the Clone Wars. I swear, because there are a couple of episodes that are like based around him, and they're great episodes. But then he's in the background and he's doing stuff like you were saying, Megan, like juggling stuff. And like anytime you can see him, like in the background, he's always doing something. And like, I swear, it's Dave Filoni being like watch them find this like 20 years later <laughs> yeah <laughs> and here we are <laughs> my favorite thing is all the discourse just around jar jar generally i find him annoying but i don't hate him but everybody oh, like, yeah. there's no way that jar jar ever would have been elected that's so unrealistic he wasn't she she was told that she should pick a representative and she was like hey 
I know a Gungan who'd be perfect. Padme chose him. That was a conscious decision that she made. It's not like everybody on Naboo was like, hey, we choose him. <laughs> like, just. Yeah. No, I, I, I just, I know. I, I, I love it personally. And, and I can go on for just, just hours and hours. But uh, 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 while we're on it and while we're talking to you, um, Ali, your, your thoughts on um, the representation representation of women in star wars um what should we know you know like what what are we missing and how do we move forward um i think that the biggest thing moving forward and to know is that everyone is going to have their own opinions um every there's going to be always somebody who thinks that it's a diversity grab to put a woman in there's gonna always going to be somebody who thinks that but as much as that's political he's black so it's political and you're like as much as those opinions are mean. i just oh, it drives me crazy as much as those opinions drive me crazy those are opinions and those are things that people are not going to change um and it, on that same vein the opinions that people have on the media they're watching are not going to change so if someone prefer if someone likes ray that's not going to change just because you're yelling at them saying that she's a terrible character. All that's going to do is make them feel more inadequate in the same space. So moving forward, just be a good person. Don't be a douchebag. Like let people appreciate other aspects of the things that you also appreciate. And then you'll be able to talk about the things you appreciate. You just put people down because of their opinion or you put down a movie because someone who doesn't look like you was cast in it, then all you're going to do is just close off your the media you can enjoy. And Star Wars is for everyone. So that that's really my my piece. Awesome. I I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, Alex? What was the question? <laughs> Sorry. That is a great question. No, no, the, the question was was about um uh, women's representation in Star Wars. Oh. What, what what should we know? What does everyone need, need to know about it? And also, how do we move forward? Well, um, kind of hitting on what Ali already said too. Uh, I actually apparently did change someone's mind the other day. I posted a Rafe video and someone tried to argue with me about the the whole like oh adoption and blood and blah 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 and I just wrote out the usual <laughs> the usual well I don't know if you don't understand adoption or if you don't understand that she's not trying to change her physical blood but uh, this is how it does work and the person instead of not answering or answering with some trolling comment actually came back and was like that's actually interesting I'll have to think about that and I was like I'll take it thank you you made my day I that's it I was just like awesome glad we could talk like I kind of wanted to hit him up like a week later and be like so what do you think like but like I feel like it's all how that person decides to go into it if they go into it with an open mind and an open heart they're open to change. It's when someone is already going into it with a hateful heart and, or a, a fearful, a lot of the time it's just fear, a fearful heart or um, a closed off mind that 
there there's no use um and hopefully those people will one day change but um yeah I think being open to change um not letting fear um dictate how we speak to one another because I think that's ridiculous (laughs) at this point um that will help representation greatly uh in the long run um I think Star Wars has made leaps and bounds since even the prequels I mean there was (laughs) there was a quote from her there was a a behind the scenes with Natalie Portman and she said something and to this day it makes me cringe um I mean, I think she was okay with it from the way she was saying it, but it's still the the comment itself made me cringe, which was she said, oh, I'm over that 18 year old hump so I can show midriff now. And it made me realize like how many of the costumes in episode two were trying to reveal more of her body than versus episode one. And both costumes in both movies are gorgeous, but if you have to say, oh, I'm over 18 and that's the only reason, you know, now all of a sudden I have to show midriff. I have to. It just, that's how it kind of came off. And I, I think Star Wars has gone beyond that now. They've realized that um, they don't have to do that. Um, uh, and that we aren't, as an audience, asking for that. We're asking um, that our female characters um, be more than midriff. Um and, and I'm proud that Star Wars has made that jump. <laughs> yeah. So the, the local radio station where she came from actually had a countdown of when she turned 18. <laughs> Sorry, your, your facial expression was so accurate. Yes, that was a thing. Oh, that makes me so wildly uncomfortable. I know. I oh know. my god! There were a few I countdowns know. from the two thousands. There was like an Olsen twins countdown. There was definitely like a Britney Spears countdown. Like I don't know if it's just because I'm young that that makes me so uncomfortable. But like that was two years ago for me. Like the yeah. idea that somebody mm, no they had like, to I stop was... airing "Hit Me Baby" one more time because they realized, oh yeah, she was like sixteen when we filmed this. Yeah. Oh I mean, yeah. That's a thing that happened. Could you imagine if someone tried to do that now? Like, oh. They did. It was called Cuties. Oh. <laughs> Listen, all I know is that my psychologist, um, Jonathan Crane, told me that fear was good. Uh <laughs> I don't know if you guys are Batman fans, but that's the Scarecrow, and he's not, he is not a reliable source of what you should or should not do. I was going to say, that name sounds really familiar, and um... Jonathan Crane. Oh, God. Oh, yes, the psychologist Jonathan Crane. Of course, everybody knows him. Yeah. I mean, fear fear is the, the spark of all goodness. Uh, apparently or whatever that's what he says um i don't remember m- most of our sessions but uh he tells me that well and yeah there's this. like some some gas he sprayed <laughs> in my face like i don't know man Other than the, the nightmares you, you feel like things are getting better though right <laughs> no i i just uh actually so so before i i know this was not on 
the, the, the list of the thing, but I, I realize I, I mentioned at the beginning that I didn't include Anakin and their whole relationship. Um, I do want to just run through everyone real quick and you know just get some thoughts on it. general thoughts. You don't have to go go as specific or as general as, as you want. Their their relationship was doomed from the start. Though we, we do have to fully acknowledge this. We had the original trilogy before prequel trilogy started we knew it was not going to end well like that was that was matter of fact and so the character of Padme was created of how do we make him love this woman as much as possible but not ever get his happy ending um which now i'm sad but um i'm going to start (laughs) with 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 Ali on, on this one and um, and have you run through you know your thoughts on you know Annie Dalla um, also re- remember remember the Clovis stuff Megan you haven't got there yet sorry you're gonna get spoiled no it's, it's okay gonna happen Star Wars <laughs> happened a long time ago I'm sorry yeah, yeah. um <laughs> I know I know how it ends anyway so Okay. Okay. So yeah, I, I I want your thoughts from here to the end, and also let us all know where we can find you and in your content. Okay. So um, I I've always shipped Annie Dalla. I've always loved them. Um, when I was a kid, it was like, ah, yes, they're so in love with each other. This is the epitome of a relationship. But growing up and realizing how toxic it was, it just became more like it became almost more meaningful for me to like see how much it was developed, even though it was going to be doomed from the start. Um, And now I kind of see them more as a like, what could have been like, as Marilu said, as if Anakin wasn't part of a a crazy abstinence cult. And if Padme wasn't a prominent public figure, I think, dog, (laughs) I think that they could have been a very good and very healthy relationship, but that's just not how it played out. So um, obviously it's more of like a, what could have been, but seeing the development of their, their relationship is the Clone Wars. Like whether it, even from the start of it to the end of it, they matching them matching up completely the show, the show developed their relationship so much more and made it make more sense. Because for me, seeing them go from Padme being like, well, no, it'll never work between us to kissing on Geonosis to, to wedding was just felt very rushed. So seeing them kind of go through the ups and downs of marriage in the Clone Wars, but still knowing that they loved each other made it mean a lot more, Um, especially with all the Clovis stuff, like Padme realizing that it was turning out to not be what they thought it would be. She acknowledging that it was always, they knew it wasn't going to go well if they were building their relationship on secrets and seeing how she like came to terms with that when she told Anakin that they needed to not see each other for a while. Um, of course, that didn't last for very long, but you know the the effort was there. Um, so I I love them, um, but obviously it wasn't healthy. <laughs> so part of a big part of it is realizing that it's not healthy and that that is not what you should strive for in a relationship. Um, but closing thoughts. Um, I, I love Padme so, so much. Uh, I will talk about her for hours and hours and hours if I am given the chance. Um, and then 
I'm Elena.Tano on TikTok. So thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. And I got to rant about things I don't normally get to rant about. So yeehaw. <laughs> I, I love it so much. Listen, I, I don't ever get to talk about things I want. I try. I try so hard. You don't even know. But um, it, all come, it, it all comes back to how does Ray know they, how to use a lightsaber? <sighs> Anyways, thank you so much. <laughs> I love it. I'm dying inside. It's okay. Um, Alex, uh, you're... Th- <laughs> Uh, your uh, uh, yes, your 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 closing thoughts and uh, and and where can we find you? I am just so glad that Padme is getting more content and she is getting more love and um, even being explained better mm-hmm. so that we can better understand her and where she came from and all of her background. Um, and she's finally getting the spotlight she deserves. And thank God she is getting more merchandise. <laughs> I, there I, are literally more Padme cosplayers than there is Padme merchandise. There, yes. <laughs> think about there that. are. About and that. and the, the costuming group on, on Facebook um, has like exploded in the last like since quarantine started i kid you not it's it's gone up so much and people have been i think it's because people are looking for like a big project and let's be real all of her costumes are big projects <laughs> so um like people are coming out with these gorgeous gowns and like making stuff from the books I, like it's just beautiful beautiful things and um i'm just i'm i'm really happy that she's she's getting that moment um and uh my username is SoCal Costumes on TikTok and Instagram. I think did I cover everything you asked? <laughs> Annie Dalla, how do you Absol- feel absolutely. about? Absolutely. Oh, Annie Dalla, yes. Um, well, I mean, I'll I'll admit it. I got my Annie Dalla photos with my boyfriend, so I can't be like, oh, Annie Dalla, um, because then people will be like, um, photo proof, really. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get called for that. Um, I love Matt Lanter, so him as Anakin. Uh, hmm? uh, no actually uh just just clone wars i've never seen him in that okay. uh, <laughs> but uh yeah i i okay look i like hayden christensen as a person not a huge fan of his version of anakin not his fault not his fault at all um I my parents had to ask me they're like so like what's the age difference between Anakin and and Padme because it looks like it's like like seven eight years or something and I'm like to be honest I feel like it keeps switching like (laughs) it just gets creepier and creepier and I don't it's just weird to me I I know people who have that gap in their relationship they're much older they were much older when they met but it just it wasn't it wasn't um, well thought out on George's part. <laughs> uh, once they're both consenting adults, cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it it um, in the Clone Wars, I like it. Outside of the Clone Wars, not so much. Uh, I love Natalie Portman having her Padme play her her nope 
having her play Padme in all three movies, but switching the actor for Anakin from a, a tiny child to Hayden Christensen just throws me off so, so bad. <laughs> I, I love Natalie Portman yep. with everything in me, but if you're going to change one, you got to change the other two. Yeah. Yeah. Work. yeah. So. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Am, am I... I'm, I know I'm I'm treading water in, in this conversation, but I'm curious, considering um, my image behind me, if you if you guys also have a favorite Padme outfit, since she's jumped through a bunch of different ones. The lake dress my, is what my Animal Crossing character is wearing currently. <laughs> okay, well, I got yours. That means I, I, I won't have to return to you for that, but the lake Mine. dress, which Mary Lou is famously worn, um, but we'll, we'll get to her. Oh my god! Wait, how do you know that? You've said I, it before. Oh, I, oh, I have. Oh, you're right. I first thing I thought maybe there were some old pictures on my Instagram or something because I was like, I don't remember saying that on TikTok. But no, you're right. I have said it. Yes. Uh, weird recall. I, I'm telling you, it's no. You're fine. <laughs> I'm sorry, Alex. Uh, save me. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot save you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, now I broke him. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not, no, only because of like, wait, have I ever said that out loud before? Like, I don't remember if I have. I like, cause no, it also was because like, I was yeah. thinking about the lake dress and then Brandon said it. And I was just like, he's in my mind. I was like, wait, what? It was like this weird, like convergence moment. Brandon, you're fine. <laughs> you mentioned um, it on the first podcast I had you on, which was for episode uh, yes. two. Yes, that's true. Yes, I remember because we were talking about it. Because we were talking, so, we had a whole subplot where we we're talking oh, subplot sub arc where we we're talking about her clothing. Yes, yes, yes. Alex, yes, please go. Sorry. My favorite costume is actually deleted scene costume. I lovingly call it her vampire dress because it has this beautiful collar and um, it's uh, the scene. Oh God, it's in episode two, and I think it's when she kind of just like tells everyone like well I was almost assassinated so peace out I'm going home and I don't want to see any of you ever again <laughs> like it's and they put this like beautiful black eyeshadow on her it's just this like dramatic like doomsday look I was oh I love it that's my that's my big Padme project for quarantine so <laughs> oh my god I can't wait to see that I'm so excited. Not excited about wearing the collar all day for conventions whenever those happen again, but um, I, I, the hair is probably going to give me a migraine. I don't know. It'll be worth it. It'll, it'll be, be worth it. it. So if you see me at a convention and you're like, hey, Alex, and I don't turn around, but I stop, I heard you. I just can't turn my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm forced to ask, uh, is, this, is this in any way related to the makeup worn by Dr. Nuvo Vendi from the Blue Shadow Virus. <laughs> oh. You know. <laughs> like she saw him, it was like, listen, that guy's an asshole, but I mean. You gotta look. That's, that's a look. That's a look. <laughs> feeling himself. You know. I wouldn't put it beyond Padme. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Sorry, sorry to derail you so much. I apologize. <laughs> it worked good and uh, uh megan uh your thoughts uh, I'm, I'm worried about you coming to me um so 
I think I've made it pretty clear how I feel about Anakin. Um, I'm not an Anakin fan. Um, I like to compare him to other characters that, uh, so my biggest problem with Anakin, other than the fact that the way that like the dialogue is clunky and the prequels and that kind of thing, but my biggest problem is that I just don't think people understand him. Um, I feel like there's so many, I come across so many people who think that he's the hero and I'm like, is Walter White the hero? Like, this is not, he's the, he's the main character, not a hero. So it's just. People think Walter White is a hero though. Yeah, see, see, this is, this is the root of the problem. Um, but yeah, so um, I have problems with Annie Dalla for that reason. I also, um, I also just, I will never not find it creepy. I remember you telling me uh, a while back that originally George Lucas was going to make them a lot closer in age. Yeah. Um, and I think that that would have been a lot better. To me, I've just, I, I used to babysit a lot. And the dynamic in Phantom Menace just, it never feels creepy. It just feels like she's his babysitter. Like that's the vibe that I constantly get. And it, like, yeah, he clearly is like, oh, what are you, an angel? I made a necklace for you. But like, I've been that babysitter, you know? So like, I don't think it was reciprocated, but she's like, cool, thanks. You need a blanket and some like juice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then like, that's the thing though. I don't think they ever had any like communication or connection in between Phantom uh, no, Menace and Attack of the Falls. But like, I just, I could never, if some kid that I used to babysit came up to me, even if he looked like Hayden Christensen, I was like, Megan, oh my God, it's been a few years. My, how you've grown. I'd be like, what? You're that kid? <laughs> you've grown more beautiful. I mean. I can't stop looking at you. It makes me so happy. So yeah, I just, I, I would feel weirded out by that. And so that's my biggest problem is just, again, I feel like, George Lucas could have used the input of some women who are like, she's a 24 year old, like successful Senator. And this is some like 19 year old kid that she like knew when he was little, it just always threw me off. And so my personal, you were talking about fan theories earlier. I've grown very attached to the theory that Palpatine influenced stuff there. I think the, one of my favorite thing about Queen's Shadow is I, I've had arguments with people before where I'm defend, I'm saying that like Anakin doesn't deserve Padme and they're like, Padme was just a pawn. But everything, all of the ex extended universe stuff proves that Padme just was so inconvenient to Palpatine the whole time. Like, I feel like the motivation for Palpatine for pushing Anakin and Padme together was just as much due to the fact that he needed to distract Padme as he needed to pull Anakin away from the light. So, I mean, like, cause she just kept messing up. He, I feel like he put her in place. He was like, oh, I can trick this stupid little queen into making me the chancellor of the Senate. Let's just keep her Senator. And then every point after that, he was like, shit, like she's just <laughs> messing up my stuff. <laughs> she needs to stop. Well, I, I personally, I, I very much subscribe to the um, the theory that Palpatine was maybe like force pushing them together, like maybe influencing some feelings. And then I think it's very possible that like genuine feelings evolved. Um, but I, I also, I don't know. I also feel like Anakin was just obsessed with her as opposed to being in love with her. I think when you love somebody, you want their lives to be better. And I just the idea that like everything he did was in the name of saving her. Like if he sat her down and said, oh, I'm going to do this stuff or I did this stuff because I needed to save your life. She'd be like, 
get out of here right now. Like I would die right now to save people's lives. You're telling me you went and slaughtered children so that you can save me? Please like, go from my sight. So yeah, that's my, um, yeah, I don't, I don't love any doll, I guess is my, um, my thesis on that. Um, but yeah, I, I, res I respect, I respect what it is and I respect like the fantasy of it all. Um, and I do like, I mean, like, I enjoy their romance for what it is with like that huge, huge rock of salt that I, <laughs> that I feel with it. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. All right. So, so, so before, before, before I move on, um, same, same questions for, for everyone. Um, uh, you've kind of expanded on, on it, but, um, yeah, well, I kind of need your your your, your guys's um, <laughs> Annie Della thoughts, and specifically these two warring theories, right? First one being that um, Palpatine was the one that was responsible for Padme's death. He drained the life out of her in order to save Anakin. He used their connection in order to make sure he didn't die. Um, second is that there's, there's another popular theory is that Anakin, um, as a full human and not weird cyborg thing, um, was able to had excellent ability to predict the future and that him loving Padme was actually a prediction of the future that he was going to create himself because of his prediction originally um and i'm curious on, on your guys's on how those two theories may come into place with it uh megan if you have any other thoughts cool awesome i'd love to hear them if not we'll, we'll move forward um i i think my favorite padme outfit might be the genosis outfit <laughs> if that matters just because it's like an ode to leia but that's that's probably that's my least offensive thought of the day <laughs> Okay, but she jumped off of a tall tower and did not obliter ob obliterate her pelvis landing on the roof. Oh, um, miraculous. I think about that constantly. Just how much that would have hurt. I thought it, <laughs> I didn't think about it until I got married. Anyways, Marilu. <laughs> okay, thoughts. closing thoughts and Annie Dell. I mean, I talked about Annie Dell earlier. Um, I have to say, I'm actually kind of like, oh, well, like other people like it, <laughs> like, or kind of, or kind of like ship it. Like, I'm actually pretty, pretty, that's, that's really nice. I, I think that, that there's a lot of very, very, very legitimate discourse surrounding Annie Dalla. Megan, you're fine. I totally get <laughs> where you're coming from completely. It really is more of just a like, oh man, these two really could have had it all, you know, but all of these things and outside kind of influences are pushing in on them. Um, I think one of the, and, and, and I understand why people are kind of uncomfortable with the whole age thing, but here's the thing. I, I don't like, I, it's like, I, yeah, I watched Phantom Menace and I'm like, yeah, same. Like they're just like these two young people that just like met fine, whatever. But here's the thing, the, the amount of, of relationships in Hollywood where the guy is like 50 years old and he's got a 20 year old girlfriend, you know, that's like every relationship 
in Hollywood. And you know what? I'm like, fuck yeah, Padme. Hell yeah. You nab that younger guy. Like you got like, this is like the one relationship where the girl is older than the guy. And I will hang on to that. Like, like driftwood in a storm. I'm like, yes. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, I literally uh... made that comment on one of <laughs> Megan's posts and I still get likes every single day <laughs> on that one comment. So it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, yes. <laughs> there is something there and it's um and and yeah like i looking at padme like it's oh, it's very look. interesting how like you know padme has always put duty before herself and then you know she falls in love and she's like you know what for the first time in my life i'm going to put myself first this is what i want and and i and i have to admire that i think that's cool i i do really like how in the revenge of the sith novelization matthew stover is really good at, um, first off, he goes all in on the lovey-dovey stuff, which I was shocked. Like, I was like, oh, wow, we actually get, like, a lot of, like, romantic, like, oh, and it's way better than the dialogue in the movie. So it's, like, really good. And also, but he's really good at showing how quickly Anakin's mood changes. Because Megan is right. He he put Padme on a pedestal. And he is, like, he, he loves, like, the idea of her. I think he loves her. But he also has she's on this pedestal and this you know and she's perfect and everything is perfect and you can see that when he sees her in the book like he sees her and everything is perfect and everything is okay now but it's really cool how he writes how quickly Anakin's mood changes like as soon as Padme says anything that doesn't kind of fit that Anakin doesn't want to hear his mood completely changes and shifts and I think that's very interesting especially kind of because it, it's combating his vision of her. Like, he's like, oh, she's my perfect wife, my perfect Padme. And then she's like, I think, like, we might be on the wrong side of this war. And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, he very quickly, his mood will change. It's very interesting to read. And um, however, though, like, I will say, this is, like, really personal. The scene where he decides that he's going to do what he needs to do to save her and it's that it's that we all know it's that it's the no dialogue it's just that choir chanting it's and them staring across the city at each other i feel that like in my feet like it's a very because like i i have metaphorically been there where it's like there is one person who is angering me here like and i can't lose them like i can't i can't like if i lose them then it's then it's it's over for me it's over for that it's like i understand that mentality if he's like i am going to do whatever I need to do. Like, I, I don't care anymore. It, this is all I have left. And it's like, that just like hits me really hard. Like when he, that single tear falls and I'm like, oof. And it's like, and then he kills kids. And I'm like, well, no, not that. <laughs> like, whoa there, <laughs> not that, Anakin. Like, wait, wait a second. You have derailed. <laughs> <laughs> you have, oh, it's just, oh, so close. But what um, happened to the original plot of the movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, hang on. No, this is oh, when you were supposed to go and kill the chancellor. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Like, this is, ah. And it's, it's, it's so, so those are my thoughts in Adala. Like, I ship it, but in a, you know, oh man, they almost had it kind of way. Yeah. Um, also, Anakin was, was, was justified in being the shit out of Clovis. I, I understand that he did it because he was a jealous asshole. I know, I know, I know, I know. But like, he walks in and Clovis has his hands on his wife and Padme is saying, no no like it's like all right it, okay it, if if i walk in and my wife is in the arms of another man which isn't even really the problem here it, it's it's her saying no don't touch me eh, 
I might have to fight the dude. I might have to, I, you know, it, it, it's, he goes too far, but I'm like, eh, yeah, man, don't touch my wife. Like, come on, dude. She's saying no. Um, uh, so my yeah. mom was, my mom was in the through more <laughs> for less. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom was in the room when we were watching those episodes and, uh, she goes, <laughs> Anakin comes in and he's like, get away from her. And she goes, oh, this is not a kid's show. <laughs> <laughs> you don't touch her. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's this, it's, it's, yeah, it's intense. And I think that, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like a mixed bag, I guess. You know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, my favorite Padme outfit is actually her uh, silver kimono from The Phantom Menace when she's, uh meets with Palpatine. I think that's, oh, that outfit is like, oh my fucking God, it's. I, I know that it, it probably crosses the threshold into some into a type of appropriation, but like it is just so beautifully made and stunning, and she wears it so well that I'm like, oh my god! And uh, <laughs> and to answer, that? yes, yeah. When she's sitting on the couch, and it's that so oh, it is stunning. And um, to answer your question, Brandon, I do think Palpatine drained the life source out of her to save Anakin because I don't buy broken heart nope shut the fuck up that's not what happened we're not we're just gonna move past that that didn't happen nope he did this this makes sense to me here we go and uh and I am Miss Eggy on TikTok that's where I am I'm at so yes this was yes. so fun and then I also have um B uh Darren Berger in the chat who is B Dazzler on TikTok. She's awesome. She makes awesome content. Oh, I love her so much. But she says, I, I like the theory that Anakin wanted her to love her so bad that he subconsciously willed the force to help make that happen. Um, I just want to share her, her thoughts with it because uh, because I, I love the content so much. But I, I, I totally buy that. I buy the, like, I've, I've said that before and had people tell me like, oh, that like makes it really, his motivation really questionable. And I'm like, yeah, like all of this motivation <laughs> is really questionable. Yeah. Like, like, I'm not, but I mean, like, to miss. That's to why we're here. here. <laughs> I do, like, as much as I, like, get on my horse about Anakin and Padme, they, when they're going into the arena and Genosis and Padme is like, just F it, let's just kiss, because, like, I have feelings and they have that, like, moment. I think that's romantic. Like, that's in a nutshell their relationship is like not i i find it so hard to relate to and a lot of times i'm just like what but sometimes they do get swept up because of the like the overarching you know story of it all and and I, there there are things to love about it for sure yeah absolutely even if, even if she wasn't 100 consenting at the beginning <laughs> but but it was you know i i think i think it all worked out um in a romeo and juliet kind of way so and my actually my mind goes to a, a very recent book there's there's a um oh my goodness it's like clone wars it's stories of light and dark it's a very very recent book i want to say it came out in august um and all it does it doesn't it, it only tells one unique story but all the other stories it tells in the perspective of the character involved so it retells a bunch of stories that we've already seen in the clone wars but from a single character's perspective and one of one of the stories is actually padme when she went to meet with mina bonteri um it tells that whole story from padme's perspective and at the very end if you recall she was certain that the entire senate was going to vote against her and they voted with her 
and it was kind of a, a rare win for her. But what she said in that was that you don't give up on something just because it has some darkness. You, you nurture it, you love it, you take care of it, and you pray that the light is going to outweigh the dark. Um, it's, it's something to that effect. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where they actually got, you know, Catherine Tabor, the, the actress, to read the lines. I will make a TikTok tomorrow that has, that plays it, because I just want you guys, I'll, I'll tag all four of you in it. But it's so it's so beautiful that when I hear, it, I was like, because before I was like, why 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 is she why is she with him, like why? Yes yes, he has wild and untamed hair. But other than that, <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the what's the draw? And after that end point, I was like, oh damn, yeah, that's oh. really sweet. And then, and then that, and then the way it's presented is so in line with her character of finding the good in everything. It just, it just, it just hurt. hurt. Everything I do, it's just sad. It's sadness. Uh, Yeah, Star Wars. It's biggest Star Wars fan. It's just sadness. (laughs) It's just pain and off. I'm like, why it is like I keep coming back to this thing that keeps hurting me. Um, so yeah, I will share that with all of you guys. I'll tag you all in it. But um, all right, Ali, <laughs> final thoughts. Where can we find you? And uh, what what do we need to know? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Where can we find you going forward? Um, I think I might have already said that, but I'll go ahead and say it again. I'm Elena.Tano on TikTok and um, no one can spell my middle name, but my Instagram is linked in my uh, TikTok bio. <laughs> so um, yeah, just final thoughts. I love, I love her. I, I love her. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I fully believe in the theory that Palpatine drained her life force because I yes. refuse to believe at all that a character that strong throughout everything that she went through would just be like, no, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> I, I, I don't believe it for a second. I'm so sad. I think I'm done <laughs> signing off now. <laughs> I mean, I've had days like that. Sure. Yeah, like yeah. everybody's had days like that, but it doesn't happen. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I did. Anakin influence their relationship through the Force. I'd never heard that before, but you know. it makes sense like not not even from like a place of like control it just he wanted it so badly and so badly wished that it would happen that it just did and that makes so much more sense to me like I'd never I literally never thought of that before but like now I'm going to be thinking about it for like weeks and be like hey did you think of this (laughs) are you an angel (laughs) are you an angel uh, uh last but certainly just <laughs> last but, but but not least alex um your thoughts send us home let us know where we where we can find you but uh, give us your closing thoughts on both of those two yeah areas. i i think palpatine i mean especially with the sequels now i think that just kind of sent it home which is yes he did he did I like the theory that he sucked the life out of 
Padme to keep Anakin alive. Um, uh, and I think with, with Rise of Skywalker, that just kind of makes it a solid deal of it. Um, and uh, do I think, I've not heard that before. And I think that the darkness of the thought that Anakin influenced their relationship with, with the Force just it's making me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I, and I think the reason it's making me uncomfortable is because I full-heartedly believe it the instant you said it. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it's because I'm so in love with you. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Right? Right? It's making everything a thousand times worse. <laughs> now all the creepy... Uh, uh, sorry, ladies are... <laughs> I am haunted by the kiss you never should have given me. Brandon, Brandon. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You have said every line, I'm pretty sure. Every single one. I'll, um, I'll it back. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, I'm so calculated on Instagram and TikTok. There we go. <laughs> did you think that the Padme podcast was going to be the one that broke you <laughs> I did not um, I absolutely did not but I want to say thank you guys uh, all for being willing to join me on, on this um, it's I've, I've, I've wanted to talk about Padme and, and this book and for so long because I love the character I truly do like she's has such a strong conviction for what she believes in. And then, you know, seeing how that relates to her relationship with Anakin, where she has, she's so strong on, I believe in the good of these things. There's darkness in them, yes. That doesn't mean that they're not worth saving. And her belief in that has just really... It's why I'm not a complete asshole to all the people that are douchebags in my comments. Like she's she's an inspiration to me. I think she should be an inspiration to everyone. Um, I wish there was more representation like her. And um, thank you guys. I, I, I love this. I loved this podcast. Um, I, I love all of you guys. And I hope <laughs> all of you come back on, on a future podcast. Uh, for something that probably has less hot takes um, and less less uh, children dying uh, and stuff. But um, anyways, thank you. <laughs> Everyone finish Queen's Peril so we can just come back and do it again. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I will do another one for Queen's Peril. It'll be probably in like two months, but I, I, I for sure will if, if, if you guys have all finished it. Uh, but thank you guys for joining me here on the High Ground Podcast. And may the force be with you always.